causing a major disturbance on my time. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? The I Don't Know Dude Podcast. I'm the dude. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the I Don't Know Dude Podcast. Yeah, we got a good one today. We have a very, very special guest in the studio. He is a 10-time Molokai Oahu paddleboard world champion, uh, two times ISA World Cup stand-up distance world champion. Holy shit. And big wave surfer, my friend, Jamie Mitchell. Yeah, boys. What up, brother? Welcome, man. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to fucking have you in. This is you, be great. You are one of the craziest people I've known, <laughs> and and you have that you have that mind of chaos where you just want more, you want bigger, you just want to go harder. And and I I remember I think a couple of years ago you actually won the um uh the Mavericks paddleboard paddle award right where it's the biggest wave ever paddled into Mavericks right yeah they have the XXL awards each year so uh you know that year um I got that wave at Mavericks and it was just in the you know, the top five each year, it's the biggest paddle wave. Yeah. Which is sort of the most prestigious one because, yeah, you know, it's see, just- pa- See, for everybody listening, paddling is paddling into these huge waves is way harder than getting towed in by a jet ski, right? And so now once people are starting to do these big waves, people are towing in and towing in, and then it kind of shifted back to the paddle in, right? Where people started- Growing a pair of balls and paddling. Yeah, right? it's, it's real interesting because I have um, mixed emotions because when I was um, super, uh, when my when my mind was being blown and I was looking at like hero, like looking at heroes like in Australia, like that was when Laird and Dave Kalama and and Derek Doner guys were just that whole Buzzy Kerbox were just starting the towing movement and they just started at Jaws and at that time you thought it was impossible to paddle those waves. Yeah. You know, it looks but, impossible for somebody like me today to even pedal those waves. Yeah. So it's fucking insane that but, you even do that. You know, and then so this towing movement in the 90s, like more so the 2000s, became super, super popular, you know, and like anything, it catches on. And then, you know, like to be honest, like if you've got money, you can buy a jet ski and two guys can go, hey, let's start towing yeah. in. And you, you learn how to do it through trial and error. And there's good guys, there's bad guys, there's good ways to do it. There's bad ways to do it. But at that time, it's cowboy rules, right? Like there's no like... There's no rules. Yeah, there's sort of <laughs> just, no just regulations, figure, you know. Figuring it out as you go. You sort of, you know, sort of. But, and then, um, so, you know, in, in all honesty, I, I tell people, I go like, you know, if, do you want a 60-foot wave at Jaws? Like I could pull you into, if you can get up on a strap surfboard, like skimboarding, <laughs> I can pull you into a six no, foot wave. Honestly, like I, I want to sound like, that's you know, what I'm saying. Like, you, but that's what I'm, it's that easy. Like I could, you no, could pull up and I could place you on that wave without any, you don't need any skill really. Right. You just need the balls <laughs> and, some, and some sort of like, you know, surfing ability. And then you, no, it's, it sounds kind of crazy, but sometimes I, when I see some of these people towing, I'm like, I could do that. 60 right? foot wave. What uh, sixty? No, but I'm wave. saying though, but when, you, when, you, when you're getting massive. towed into these waves, you're kind of shoulder hopping it because yeah. when, when you're paddling, you have to be in the apex, most dangerous part of the wave. Whereas when you're when you're when you're getting towed in, you're already up, and the dangerous part is pretty much over, and you already have your speed. When you paddle, 
you got to you got to paddle and drop and get your speed, find that slot, and it's way more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It's just look, I, I I've done it both. I mean, I think look, trust me, if you find the spots um, where you can go and tow in, and there's no one around, you're not bothering anyone, and you and your buddy can just whip into uh, uh, like fifty waves each in a day. There may be no better feeling at the end of the day driving home, like just going. I mean, you felt like you've stolen from everyone and just got away with it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but in saying that, you know, when you paddle out somewhere and you have to position yourself, and that's with paddling, that's the beauty of it. It's like there's a a, a true skill level um, to put yourself into that position that. I think probably gets understated a lot. It's, you know, to, and you see the good guys do it so often. There's a lot of good people, men and women that do it, you know, but, but to, uh, to put yourself in that position, to know the lineup, to make those type of ways paddling in is, it's a real special skill. And, uh, Excellent! <laughs> and I, and I think it, it gets, I think it gets lost sometimes, you know, because you got, so many amazing athletes um, now, you know, the Kai Lennies and Nathan Florences and Ian Walsh's and Makua, Billy. I mean, the, the list goes on. Russell Bjork from Australia. Dude, it, it, it was super cool because all those guys, the reason why I want to do this podcast with Jamie is because we all converged onto Mavericks um, December 8th for that first big swell that came in. Yeah. And there's another one that came in after, but that was kind of like the big season opener the huge, like the first time I was like 50, 50 foot plus faces. And uh, I spent 12 hours in the channel shooting Jamie and Kylie and all these amazing, Ian Walsh, all these guys. Yeah, and, jo- Jojo, Luca. Yeah, Luca. Yeah. Like Luca's like, he's he's like what, 19 years old? How old is he? Yeah, 19. He's, he's, a, he's a young kid, grew up in Half Moon Bay. And I mean, like how's this, right? Like I, I always look back and he called me up and I, I sort of, I would say I've been a little bit of a mentor. Yeah, no, he, he's been your protege. Yeah, you know, like, well, he was um, riding for Rip Curl at the time and I, I, I met him and he was living, like he lived right there and I'm not sure how it worked out, but he's like, hey, if you ever need a place to stay, you know, like, you know, come stay at our place. And so, I, you know, I needed a place to stay one time and met his parents, super cool and and, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, what, what's, you know, Rip Curl doing for you? He's like, ah, oh, you know, you just give me a wetsuit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and meanwhile, this kid is the youngest, hardest charging big wave surfer. Like he's a next generation. He represents the next generation coming up because it's mostly dominated by, like you said, like the 30, 40 year old guys. Yeah. So and he then, was he was just doing it for the love of the sport and like anything he could get for free he was just like yeah, whatever I just get to do what I love so totally fuck it. yeah and and he and he's a like a, a true local you know like yeah. you got guys like Peter Mal and Flea and then you got like um, guys from Ocean Beach like um, you got and uh, Pacifica like Colin Dwyer and um, you know all these people that live really close by but if you're talking like like local locals like yeah. you know he's one of those true locals and. And uh, there's a bunch of them right now. Like, trust me. Like, if it, anywhere in the world right now, the 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 level of 
talent coming out of Half Moon Bay, like whether it's Santa Cruz or Ocean Beach, San Francisco. Dude, some of those kids are just yeah, and they're, and, they're, and they're feeding off each other, you know, like and yeah. uh, it's just and, and yeah, and like I said to Luke, I said, "The go, pussy." It reminds yeah. me. It reminds me of uh, what's that movie, Momentum Generation? Yeah, right when uh, they're talking about all those dudes like uh, Rob Kalani and or you know fucking Kelly Slater, all those dudes growing up in North Shore together, just pushing each other harder and harder and harder. Well, every and, day. and they had those they had those alpha males like Brock Little rest in peace and, and Todd Chesser rest in peace you know like that they were they were the guys that um that pushed those guys out of their limits like a, a guy like Kelly Slater and Robin Chart like all Ross all those people you know that are these high respected level people but if you ask all those guys like who like got them out of their comfort zone and skin it was like those guys and those, yeah. those guys were big wave like legends like Brock's uh you know, one of the best guys to ever do it, you know, and... Uh, well, I was going to say, most of the surfing world was dominated by competition surfing. There's, like, the, the WSL, there's, like, the, um, you know, the the tour was dominated by, you know, like the Kelly Slaters and, the, and all these guys, and they never really kind of shifted into that big wave world. And then just kind of recently, in the past, like, 12 years or so, you know, they have it, now they have the big wave tour... And um, that has kind of opened up a whole new can of worms of competition surfing. What's the? I watch one on uh, on Instagram. I see it a lot uh, in Portugal. In Nazareth. Nazareth. Yeah. yeah. Holy yeah, so shit, J- dude! Jamie, that looks fucking. Jamie has gnarly. one of his boards there retired at the lighthouse. Like they, they did a whole ceremony there for you. And when it, and like you've surfed Nazareth, yeah. Uh, describe that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. when I when I look at it, like I know you're saying like the size of I, I, and I've been to like the North Shore of Hawaii in January, and I didn't really realize how big yeah. like pipeline gets, and I don't know how how that compares to Mavericks. But the first time I saw it was, and I was there by accident, and they were like setting up for the eddy, and they were saying it's going to cancel because it was too fucking gnarly, and the waves were crashing, and it literally sounded like. Every time a wave crashed, you could feel the air on the shore, like well, just the pressure and everything leaving. And I'll that just, was the first time I was like, "Holy!" No, shit, I was gonna say dude. to put that in perspective, this though. Crazy. Those are, you're you're seeing the first reefs, right? right. So the outer reefs, like yeah. log cabins, or like even like third reef pipe, right? Like those rarely break. But then there's you know there's the jaws, and then and Nazareth is is arguably bigger than them all. What, what do you think the biggest one is, Nazareth? Yeah, like, it's it's it's. The biggest it, rideable wave in the world. Yeah, would be if, you, if you if it's photographed, you got you got to look at it. Nazareth. Nazareth gets a lot of heat just because of they. Everyone thinks it's a slopey wave, you know, because Nazareth is actually a phenomenon. It, it, there's a massive trench, like a super deep trench, and Porto Escondido has the same sort of um, like setup where it a, channels the energy from the bathymetry, yeah. and it, and it all of a sudden hits this ledge. And, goes and straight it, this energy comes up, and yeah. people think Nazare is actually a. Um, you think it's like a reef break or something? It's actually a huge beach break, right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, and it just the way that it comes in, it jacks up in a frames, and like a certain direction is the best direction. But um, yeah, man, Nazare is another another level, another beast. Um, so like, when's the last time you you? I actually picked you up from the airport when you came back from Nazare, like a couple, like it was like a year or so yeah, ago. Yeah, we had the, they, uh, the first, like uh, paddle, the WSL had a paddle contest for the first time in 2016. So um, it was the first time we ever got to do a paddle contest there. And then uh, they've had it for the last few years, but uh, then they had a towing contest last year, but 
Uh, and look, unfortunately for big wave surfing at the moment, we're like in a bit of a, a stagnant, you know, WSL sort of, there is no tour, you know, for us, there aren't, there are really no events and you got COVID and everything, but, um, but yeah, you know, like I think the big wave has a massive future. I'm, I'm working heavily involved with a, a, a partner of mine and trying to move big wave into the future. And, you know, I think we all see, um, huh. I think we all. I think we all see um, a massive, um, you know, scope for it. You know, yeah. there's so there's just so much like uh, out there for it. You know, that it's, it's uh, fascinating to fucking watch. And, and it's kind of it's, it's super hard to even hold a contest because it's so weather dependent. It's like okay, cool. Here's a window, and if the waves have to be good, the wind has to be good because you also have to realize the safety factor. You can't just throw these guys into a haphazard condition yeah. of a contest no. it has to be perfect of some of a relatively perfect and you know um i mean I, these are waves though that like you wouldn't like just be casually like swimming right no. i mean it's like you're out you're out there with a surfboard or you're not or on a no, boat but or you're not out there right can, i mean you, that's pretty you can much describe like, like the water safety because there's so much there's so much coordination that goes on right describe yeah. the water safety and all that stuff that goes into it yeah i mean every spot's different obviously but uh you know for example like for me like i i have a jet ski at mavericks right so mm -hmm. when i turn up the mavericks my jet skis at Luca's house. I know that that's going to be for safety um and then you know obviously they have we have the, you know the mavericks uh, water safety, Frank Criatri, and all those guys are out there doing rescues as well. So, like, you know, you sort of there's an, an understanding of what's going on, but you want to uh, attribute to that as well, you know. So, you go to Jaws. Most people um, will hire someone to look after them on their jet skis, um, or you know, they'll have their own water safety and stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the channel it draws is like it just is crawling with. So many different boats, and like, and I see it as there's a couple layers. Like the first layer is like usually the jet skis that are closest to the closest to the break. The second layer is usually like the riders' boats, where they, they, they that's kind of like their little base camp. And then the third layer back is usually the bigger boats that have more of, are mixed with photographers, a lot of videographers, and then some of them get really close. Like at Maverick, some guys uh, have you know the 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 photographers are right on their own jet ski, so you're you're really really close yeah and when we were up at mavericks uh, a couple months ago like we are a good 30 40 feet from whitewash right and it's that's a, not that far that's not that far it's it's pretty close right. and all and then and sometimes you'll see a set just swing right and all of a sudden, all these boats just have to motor. Turn and get the motor, fuck out of the like, way. Yeah. Because a couple of years ago, one of them got caught inside and went up over up over itself. I think I've seen that. And uh, that's a pretty famous video. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, look, everywhere you go, like the number one thing you want to do is come home. Right. Like I have a family. I've got two young girls. Like, so for me, like the most important thing is like my, the water safety. Right. Like how, how, how am I going to go out and surf? charge take risks but also like have the best chance to come home yeah not in an ambulance Prefer the, preferably not in an ambulance and just walking yeah, on and, your own and, two and, feet and, and, you know and 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 look there you you can get away that you can just paddle out and you know whatever do all that and and then you then you got people that uh and it, it's so hard because then people have bigger budgets you know you got a guy yeah. like kyle lenny that has 
All a giant Red Bull I, behind him. Yeah, you know, like, so of course he's going to be able to. Or he's coming f- in by helicopter. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty to, much. To, yeah. You know, to, to fund all that, then you got the lower level guys that are like, well, I want to go surf Jaws, but I don't have the money, so I'm just going to paddle out and surf. And I get it. But, right. but, now, <laughs> the, but now puts everybody else in danger because if that person gets in trouble, it, everybody else feels obligated to take yeah, care of Yeah, it's just well. a really weird place. And I, I think it's worked so far. Like if you look at big wave surfing, touch wood, the way that, um, you know, there hasn't been too many major, major deaths or injuries for a long time. Yeah. But, but it only takes one, right? And, right. and then and then you reevaluate, and you know, guys you, like Brat. Guys, I'm saying you guys make it look so easy. Do you think that's a crazy part? Do you how? think your like uh, your maturity and how long you've been doing this like rubs off on the younger guys? Is that one of the things like as a mentor that you try to like? Hey, I, would, I know you want to be badass, but like you could fucking die, dude. You should. You really need to have these like <laughs> yeah. considerations before you just go yeah. out and do stupid think, shit for I, a wetsuit. I, like I, I think <laughs> for a wetsuit. I mean, but you know, but you're talking about the kid who like yeah. you're the kid who you're mentoring, right? But well, I think that you. I've always you actions speak louder than words, right? You can talk a big game and do this and that, but like usually, if you're going into battle or you want to follow someone or. You're at high school playing football. There's a captain for a reason, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. you trust that guy. He's a um, he's proven himself. You know, like that's the guy that like you trust his word. Like win, lose, bad decision, whatever. You know that that like he's doing it for the right reason. Yeah, right? he's got so, your best intentions. Yeah, so like I guess for me, like I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to be that guy. But I'm like, you know what? Like if I'm gonna be out there and be a like sort of a a public figure, you know, I have the podcast now, this and that. So like, I, all I can do is lead by example, you know. And I love that. And so like, yeah. you know, whether it's training hard, you know, living a good lifestyle, you know, sauna, ice bath, working out, eating healthy, like all that stuff, you, you, you know. Like, you do the colonics too. You love the colonics. Yeah, I've done the colonics. I mean, I've even freaking gone to the jungle and proved done ayahuasca. You know, it's all, it's all self-help and self-belief. And like, for me, it's like, enlightening and trying to be a better version of yourself. Yeah. And everyone has that. Everyone can be better. Yeah. What, and what are you willing to do yeah. to get better? You know, I was going to say the, uh, the podcast that you have, it's called the late drop. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you guys can find that we're on YouTube. It's on. Yeah. Like we do, I do it with Surfline, So you can find it on YouTube on Surfline, and all the, you know, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Yeah, guys, go, that. go give that a listen. If you, guys, if you guys want to hear some of the craziest interviews from the, from some of the best big wave servers in the world. That's a great podcast to listen to. How long to. you been doing that, man? I want to check that out. Yeah, yeah. just the last six months. Really? Just, yeah, through COVID. I, I, it's something I'd always wanted to do, but I was like, do it, you know, did I want to do it about paddling, just about the water, or, you know, I didn't know, really know what it was, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, then, um, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, my passion right now is big waves, and, I, and there's so many cool stories and cool people and that – their stories haven't been told, yeah. like men and women, right? So I was like, I want to tell their stories. And for me, it's just like I get to, like you guys, I get to hang out and talk to my good friends <laughs> yeah. and talk story and ask questions. And, uh, and you know, and I'm finding that they're like really opening up and telling these stories that yeah. haven't been told, Yeah, you know, and people really enjoy it. I get people walking up all the time and saying, man, I love that, you know, podcast with Buzzy Kerbox or I, you know, I love that one with Pete Mel. You know, like it was just like it's so it's validating when I just hear let's, that. Uh, you know? Let's uh, let's open up let's open up your little emotional box here. Um, I know a couple years ago or so, I think I remember you had such a bad wipeout 
that it kind of sidelined you for a little bit. You want to go into that? Which one? That, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember like- the Porto, Porto Escondido one? The, uh, that one was wild. I think, wasn't one another one that was that happened at Jaws too? Which, oh, yes. Yeah, that yeah. One, I think, so was it the one that, I, was it during the WSL contest? contest? Yeah. Was that the one that I was at? No. No. no, no. Okay, because that, okay, to describe this situation, guys, these, these contests- you, you, there's no like beach you can paddle up into. You can't just, oh, go to the water and paddle in. There's a helicopter dropping into the scene, picking up guys at boards, pulling them out to line up. They're jumping off helicopters into the lineup, and you're sitting in the middle of this ocean with 50, 60 foot massive walls of water coming at you. And all you have is your two little arms to get you left, right, out, or, or more inside. And, uh, and the operation is so fluid. It's just, there's, it's just, it's so chaotic. It's like, okay, here comes a set. In between this set, okay, the, the, uh, this heat's over. The next heat, and, and helicopters are coming in and out. And it's like, it's a, it's a jet skis. It's, it's a chaotic scene of insanity. But somehow it's got to be like just perfectly orchestrated by nature and yeah. humans' respect for nature in the same regard. Because if you a, don't have that respect, was, I imagine shit can go sideways easily. It's one, one of the wildest things I've ever witnessed in my, in my entire life. But um, yeah, let's let's dive into one of those experiences that you will never forget that give you nightmares to this day. <laughs> well, I, I'll go to the Porto one because um, it's, a, there's a, it's a really crazy backstory. So I was surfing Puerto Escondido we are down in Mexico. It's a really famous beach break known for barrels. It was an average day, six to eight feet. Mm-hmm. and uh, Which means like 15 to 20. Yeah, no. No, honestly, it was like maybe just a little bit overhead high. You okay. Know? And, uh, you know, just uh, – and because what happens in uh, Porto is you get – off, offshore winds in the morning usually. So you surf from 7 to about 11 and then the onshore comes and you sort of, that's it for the day. Gets washed out or whatever? Yeah, it's just you've got, a, you've got that window in the morning, right? So uh, I was out there and um, I was pushing it to like, it, it started to get a little bit shitty and, and uh, I took a, a, a wave that looked good, was a bit of a closeout, um, nothing out of the ordinary. And then all of a sudden my board, uh, the leash slung shot back and, Hit me in the sternum. Oh fuck! Yeah, and uh, oh. so I got I was underwater and I couldn't breathe. Like I literally was like I was stunned, right? And well, you couldn't breathe anyways because you're underwater. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, you got the wind knocked out. <laughs> but of you. Now, yeah, like, no, yeah, now, yeah. Now, now you're suffocating and your sternum and sternum try and try not to panic. Yeah, right. Like, now, now I, am pan- I fucking dying? Or now what? you're panicking. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the people outside are looking at me, going, "Oh, it's Jamie. He's okay." But I couldn't scream, I couldn't wave, I couldn't do anything because I was in. I couldn't do anything. I was just like shocked. I was stunned, right. in shock, right? And and I literally couldn't. My my I, my body shut down. Now I've got to now I've got to take all these waves on the head and get recycled and work out. And the lifeguards won't come to get me. So now I've got to work out how am I going to survive? Like because I can't breathe. Right. But. Backstory is that I've had asthma my whole life. Oh shit! So I, how I, ironic! Some of the, the one of the one of the biggest big wave surfers in the world has asthma. <laughs> like, what's stopping you guys? Well, yeah, I, oh shit! I, I, Balls. I, I attribute the asthma to saving my life at Porto because I've been in so many situations where I couldn't breathe, and I've learned how to breathe like through a straw, like just get sips of air uh-huh. and make it work. And so in that situation, all I could get was a. 
That's it. Until I was starting to get out of the shock. Everything was able to like, you know, unconstrict and I could Lungs stop breathing. I feel, I feel like shit. I can't breathe right now. Yeah, I was holding my breath when he was <laughs> yeah, telling the story. I was holding I my was breath. Like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, I got, my, got myself to the beach, walked up, had, you know, blood, blood was coming. I, I mean, I, at that stage, I didn't know what had happened. You know, I went to the hospital, they did an x-ray and yeah, I fractured my sternum, you know. and uh, Jesus Christ. And, um, and that was, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about certain situations. I'm like, yeah, if, if I didn't have asthma and the experience that I had and just not being able to panic, like even a really good guy in that situation, like maybe that doesn't know how to conserve that air and stuff, mm-hmm. like they, they may have not, Most people would panic. Well, they may have not made it. If you panic in that situation, I would have died. You're fucked. 100%. Yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. Jesus Also, Also, Christ. too, though, nature- like, but I mean, this is just real quick. This is you wouldn't go from surfing sixty foot waves to almost getting fucking destroyed by I'm a saying, six footer. What's crazy right? about this? I mean, that's just the. What's crazy biggest. about this is that like a ten twelve foot wave still will work your ass hundred percent. And like, and what people don't realize is that nature doesn't care about you whatsoever. If that wave's coming, it's coming, and that when that lip fucking peaks and curls over, and if you're in that wrong spot, you can get washed around and thrown straight down to the bottom where you're literally pinned to the bottom 15 feet under and you have no clue how you got there and no clue how you're going to get back up. Yeah, just twisting and turning like you're inside a washing machine. I've, yeah. I've had that before. Yeah. yeah. Like, like in four foot waves out front <laughs> right. and you're like so freaking out. Yeah. 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 The, 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 Thankfully, it's sand here. Yeah. The problem with that is is that um, you, I've seen it. You know, I've surfed the most gnarliest, biggest, scariest waves in the world, but then you'll go and surf somewhere that's, and you take your, you know, you relax or how am I going to get, and then that's when you get hurt. Yeah. You know, like the ocean, like the one thing that, you know, my dad taught me was like, never turn your back on the ocean. <laughs> that's a sign of disrespect and you just, you just never know, right? Like, Be- and- because there's that moment when, when there's an outside set that's coming and you're in the wrong spot. Some people, I've seen some people turn towards the beach and it's the worst thing you possibly do. The best thing you possibly do is just, is just put your head down and paddle straight towards it. Yeah. And, uh, and either it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But actually, I, I know that some of the safest places to be in a big wave is in the barrel, right? Because it's sometimes it, it, it sounds counterintuitive, but like when you're in a closeout wave situation, you don't want to be where the lip's hitting you and you don't want to be. Um, you know, there's so many wrong spots, but there's an actual sweet spot you can be where, where it's actually easier to bail and you don't get as fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, look, I think it's common sense that like, you know, Rick Kane, when the wave breaks there, don't be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, Gosh, you know, <laughs> was your, you mentioned your dad, was he a surfer also? Like, was yeah. he, was he like your influence? That's how you got into it? Was he pro or nah, nah. you guys just grew up? He just pushed you to yeah, surf or loved he, it? Yeah. He, he, he was a fisherman, like, like fishing. Like I, my first memories of being in the ocean, like sort of in a sort of a scary environment was like on this old, these old wave skis mm-hmm. and he would put me on his lap and paddle me out. And we'd catch these waves, you know, like, and that was when I got that exhilaration of like dropping down. Yeah. You know, and the takeoff. Yeah. You know, and then I was in the junior lifeguards, what they called nippers in Australia when I was five years old, actually four. My parents lied about my age and I was in there, <laughs> I was four. And 
And honestly, to you know, as what, what, what are they called? Nibbers? Nibbers. Okay. Nibber. Just little, sure. little nippers. <laughs> All right, little <laughs> nippers. Okay. Yeah. But you know, as long as I can remember, I've been competing, training, like getting up, swimming, like just my whole life. Yeah, you, know? you really haven't been doing the stand-up paddling thing as much as you used to, but it's crazy. You you did you did you go ten in a row? Well, that was a prone paddling. Okay, okay, so that's uh, yeah. when you're, you're laying down. Laying down or on your knees. So yeah. that, was the, that, that was the Molokai. That was the 10 times. And then, uh, you know, stand up. Okay, okay, here's the deal. One world champion is cool. 10 is unbelievable. You got to be in insane shape. Insane. And, and then-, uh, and then uh, How do I, you train for that? Like, how do you train? How far is that paddle? 32, 32 miles. How do you train? Like, what is your- You're going run- from one island to the next. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But like yeah. for people listening, like how do you train to go 32 miles? Do you paddle 40 miles a day? Do you like- yeah. or, is it, or do you like do five miles and then when it's the day of, you're like, fuck it, I just got to do six times more than what I've been training to do. You pretty much put yourself in the most uncomfortable situation you possibly can constantly. Oh, yeah. I'm stretching right. my back thinking about it. I know. Just like <laughs> being there for 36 miles. Yeah. Well, luckily I grew up paddling and swimming. So it was like it, it, the transition was good, but- Dude, look, look at those hands. Look how big his hands <laughs> He's are. He's got some meat hooks like yeah, Tony yeah. Robbins. Yeah. Yeah, I should have been a UFC fighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Made more money for sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, nah, look, honestly, that those 10 years, I've never been so focused and dedicated on a, a, a goal. And I miss it. You know, I, I miss that focus and dedicate. There's nothing like, like having a, a goal and having people try to take that away from you and like the chat. Like, it's like- Dude, it's lonely at the top. It is. No, no. Everyone wants to kick your ass and they're yeah. stabbing you in the back. And but when they can't they're 10 pl- times in a row, that's got to feel fucking, well, you got to yeah. be like Superman. Like, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like when you've got to like, when you, got, when you got to keep doing that and look, look, mind you, like, you know, paddleboarding is not the, the most popular, you know, big sport here and there, but like the athletes that are involved in it, are world class, you know, and, um, Dude, but in, be, being a world champion in anything, I like, well, being dude, a, he is a world champion yo-yoer is like fucking awesome. To, you know what I mean? To put but it like, in perspective, doing it <laughs> ten times, right? That's more times. That's more Super Bowls than Tom Brady has. Yeah, that's more rings than Michael Jordan has. It's more rings than LeBron James has. And like, I mean, if you're talking about top athletes, and I know that the money's not there, and I know that yeah. the pub, like, it's not nearly as publicized. But you're talking about something that maybe. I mean, how many other people have ever done that before? Have has anyone ever won ten in a row? Yeah, look. I mean, that might be something that would never get fucking broken ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's hard because you like for me like uh, I'm like I'm super like obviously I'm super like when I look back now and it feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I won my last one in 2011, and at that time I was at my peak still, but I was just I yeah. was done. I'm like I'm I'm moving on. Like big the bigger ways were like taking my attention. I was falling in love with that. I'm like. Yeah, you're like, what's next? I don't want to do that four month training camp to to win that. I'm like, yeah, like like I'm, I, I sort of was like, okay, if I win ten or I win fifteen, what's it matter? Yeah, or eleven or twelve. You know, like everyone's like, oh, Kelly's got eleven. Like, and that was a cool thing. I had these like so when I was coming up winning, Kelly was like getting his was, as well. He was God. So, so I was like trying to chase him, and then the, the, the this is the most the funniest thing is like I know like Lance Armstrong has an asterisk on his name, but that time of year, the Tour de France started when I was in Hawaii, and when when so that when they were doing the the tours, when I was training and leading up to the to the Molokai, mm-hmm. the Molokai was the last Sunday in July every year, didn't matter what date, and that, so that always ended 
on the last day of the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. So when I, you know, the Honolulu Advertiser or Star Bulletin, there was two papers back then. So every year that I won, like it was big news in Hawaii, right? Because paddling is <laughs> the, the ninth year. They're like, he did it again. <laughs> but I was uh, on the, in, I'd shared the paper with Lance because he he would won the Tour de France. No shit. Yeah. Oh. So it was like the same like. Yeah. That was, it was the same time, right? And it's the equivalent of like the Wheaties box of surfing, just, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, seriously, it's, that's what it yeah. is. But it was just cool for me because like I I just, I've always like, I've always loved overachievers. Like you know, even though like, you know, people like, you know, like you're from Australia, you got to like root on you from Australia and this and that. But yeah. like, like Michael Jordan, like yeah. when I grew up in Australia, like the only basketball games that were ever showed in, on our TV was the Chicago Bulls, right? <laughs> yeah. Hell like, yeah. so, like, so for me, Jordan, Jordan was fucking king, right? Still is. Yeah. In st- my opinion. Still is, yeah. right? And then like, Co- you know, Kobe as well, LA, obviously, but, and then you had obviously Kelly Slater. Like I, I gravitated towards, I mean, a Tiger, I grew up on a golf course. I can't play golf, but, <laughs> but. For, for example, when Tiger Woods, when you hear that the, there's the Masters, the US Open, British Open, and Tiger Woods is in contention on the last 18, the last day, I would find a way to watch. Yeah. Because- Even if you weren't a big golf fan, just to watch greatness, to that, experience that's greatness. What that's what I'm saying, yeah. right? So like I watched that last, when he won um, Augusta. Fuck, the, dude. That was crazy. Know, I don't even love golf, but yeah. I, ha- I mean, everyone was glued to the TV, not saying a word. Yeah, just ha- like, holy so, shit. So, you know, Roger Federer- you know, like there's certain guys that I gravitated towards and, and I had a, like, I had a hard time. Like Kelly Slater would be, um, vying for a world title. And if it was against an Australian or something like, I nearly was like, like shit, like I want to see Kelly win nearly. Yeah. Just because the greatness and the, like knowing how hard it is to continually like starve off people and yeah. keep, the, keep them away and the, and the, just the longevity and how much it takes. It's, I, I don't think people really appreciate how hard it is to stay at the top. Well, because like, there's, like you said, everyone, and not just the top contenders, everyone, even the lowest man on the totem pole is trying to fuck you up. Like the guy who has no chance of winning, when you're against him, you know that you're getting everything that he's got and there's a chance you can get taken out by any single person. And that's all, yeah. like you're the one that they're targeting, right? It's like, I don't even, there comes a point I would imagine where it's like, I don't even care if I win. I just want to beat this dude. Yeah. Like, I just want to beat one heat. Then I could go home and be like, fuck, yeah. man. Like I did, I, I hung with the best and I, and I stayed yeah. in there. Yeah. I, I just, I, I look back and I'm a big goal setter. I've always believed in setting goals for yourself and, and the Molokai, I, you know, now that I have kids and stuff, it's like, I don't, I wouldn't want to go back to that now because like I know how much it takes. When, once you've done at, at anything at a high level, yeah. when you know what it takes and to go back and do it at uh, half-assed, yeah. it's just it's that, not really, it, it, really doesn't, it doesn't feel um, – it's and that may sound really like bitchy or like I don't know what – like, but it just for me it's like it's not worth doing. No. It's like the go hard or go home type thing. Well, But it's also like you – I think what you're describing is like – Whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do full commitment. So if I'm not fully committed to it, then it's a fucking. It's not even worth it. Yeah, like going like, out. Look, I right? would love to maybe do Molokai with my kids. Like, <laughs> do, you know, like my strap little, them on your back. My, I, mean, I, haven't been, your back. I, I haven't been doing any paddle races, but my daughter, um, I've been taking her on these like little short 
uh, paddles and stuff and we did the 4th of July paddle race in Hawaii and stuff and so I put her on the front of the board and we paddle for fun. Yeah. You know, but yeah. even then I find myself like, fuck, we got to beat everyone, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, dude, get just, in the middle of the board. What are you doing? Just, Jamie's like that dad. He's like, oh, fuck you, kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 it's, and, and look, my, I, I love my dad and- you know, Jamie's like knocking kids off other boards, <laughs> yeah. dude. But my dad, was, my dad was pretty tough on me. He was pretty gnarly. Because yeah, your dad's supposed to be your dad, not your best friend. Yeah, well, my dad was a. When we're talking about not being a professional surf, my dad yeah. was a really good rugby union player. Okay, so, so he, he was a tough son of a bitch. Oh, tough dude, and um, and that's how I grew up, and and uh, you know, and there was a lot of times where I hated him for like making <laughs> me get up at five in the morning and go swim five kilometers before yeah. I had to go to school. But Jesus, but like when I look at now, like honestly, when I look at now, like what I have in my life and how I've achieved everything. If it, if it wasn't for what he, what they did for me, yeah, there's no way. Like it's just, and, and it's that tough and it's, and then some kids have it and some don't, they go the other way, yeah, you know, and, and, and that's fine. And for me having kids, like I, I'm torn between like, I know how my dad and, and our relationship it was and is, and I'm like, like, do I want to be like that, or do I just want to let them? You know, it's it's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's it, but you just you, you you learn right, and and for me, at this moment in my life, like, like my kids love surfing and they love skate like skateboarding more than ever, and I just turn up and let them do their thing, and and I if they want to learn more, I actually. Push that! I, I let another teacher come along and teach them. Yeah, not dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm always going to be there for them if they want to ask dad for help. Of course, I'm always going to be there, but I don't want them to feel like that they have to live up to anything or have to be like you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I, I don't want that pressure because I, I, I had that pressure as a kid. Like, I didn't, I, I can't really remember too much of my childhood if I'm being super honest. Like. It was a good childhood, but it was a lot of competing, a lot of trying to win and be the best. And not as much of being a kid. Yeah, I mean, I was a kid. I, I did, I did kids stuff, but like my folk, like when you, when you, when your dad's wake, when your parents are waking you up at four forty-five in the morning, and you're in the swimming, a cold swimming pool, swimming six, like four miles, going home and then jumping on the bus, going to school and training afterwards. That's, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And most kids are like. Yeah. What the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, and that's how I, that's how I grew up since I was, I, I, I can't even remember a time where I didn't do that. Did like, you have, did you have, do you have siblings? One, one younger brother. Did, did he have the same thing? Like, was he, was he in the same regime or did your parents see something kind of special in you or was he like, well, I, did he do like the pushing away of like, I'm not going to fucking do this. Um, I want to play video games nah, or yeah, nah, you know, whatever the equivalent nah, is. No, nah, he, he, he came and paddled Molokai and stuff. He wasn't as, as, as successful. Right. And you know, you didn't get ten world champions, but you right. tried. You look, look. I don't know. It's like it's like. Is it? You know, is it like I see it with my kids? Like, there's definitely a way that the younger sibling is treated to the older sibling. Yeah, just that's just natural without even trying to do it. Right, just and happens. So, but but then also, there's lots of younger siblings that kick ass over older siblings because they're so competitive and they want to beat them. Right. Yeah. So, so I believe that you just you are you are who you are. Yeah. You know, if you like that, the excuse of like, you know, getting the hand-me-downs or this and that, like, that can drive you to, to greatness. Yeah, you know, dude. So. We were when we were in Hawaii a couple weeks ago. Um, you brought your daughter Nevea, 
uh, and she was like a little thrill seeker. Like she was like <laughs> jumping that off the bed, like dad, dad, catch me just charging off his bed into his arms. I'm like, this girl's going to go somewhere. <laughs> She's going to be doing something. You know, we had a fun time with her and she drew us a little cool little picture at dinner. Nice. She yeah, it was super fun hanging out with her. And I just kind of saw, I saw you in her. Yeah. Where she, and as you guys do a lot of stuff together and she's charging at the skate park, doing her thing. And, and it's like, it's so cool seeing those genetics play out to the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah really I just, cool. it's, it's, it's like, I always think like, I'm, like surfing is such a, a beautiful sport where there's not a lot of hard training. And like, cause, and this is where it's it got to be out there. Where it's a bit controversial, right? Like, cause people are like, oh, you know, surfers train and this and that and and they have over the last few years but Mm -hmm. i'm like you guys really don't know what like if you're talk about michael phelps about training right like talk about someone like that's that's ridiculous yeah there's a it's weird right because i've all 15 years ago when the 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 surfing and the paddling and this and that i get a lot of questions i'm like so there's a difference between an athlete and a surfer yeah like you know, what I mean, like a competitor or an surfing. Ad- surfing can be, just- surfing can be a lifestyle for people, or people can take surfing to the extreme, where you're like training and and running with rocks underwater, and you know you really want to kind of want to be the best at that, or you just go out and paddle and get a couple barrels. Isn't, yeah, isn't yeah. that kind of like what I guess the the closest thing I could think of it? And I'm not like deep into the surf world, right? But like that's what I would consider like what Kai Lenny is like a supernatural talent, but he's he comes off as if he's just trains to do this but he, shit. And he he's does non-stop. he does everything water right yeah. right. It's not he just it's not but just always, big wave surfing. Always yeah. though, it's right? like if the waves are small, you're doing this. The waves are big, so you're this, doing this. So this is the thing about Kai, and this is the thing that I think gets lost. Right, is that you have phenoms in like generations of different sports, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? And then you see them come up. And they're just naturally gifted, right? And then if their parents are like uh, in a good place in their life, right. you know, are able to support them and this and that, then you've got, okay, you've got this hurricane that's starting to form, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you've got like, you know, what, I, what I'm trying to get to is like Kai, right, for example, born on Maui, parents, uh, you know, windsurfing, they you know, live on the beach, successful, Kai's a young phenom, shows the talent, gets sponsored. Robbie Nash is there, gets sponsored. The hurricane is forming. It's forming. And then all of a sudden, Laird and Dave Kalama are, are come along and you know, Martin, his dad knows them. And then you know they see Kai, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. and it's just this thing. But what I'm saying is like, that's great. And a lot of kids can have that. But what Kai has done that's special is that he's actually fulfilled his talent. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. a lot of, there's how many people, like how many stories, oh, mate, that kid at school, man, he could have, he was the most phenomenal talent. Yeah. And where is he now? Yeah. Still, live, col- still, still living in the same the, town, the, the drinking co- at the local bar. Yeah, like that yeah. college student, man, or this, or, you know, he had so much talent. He did this, but like up until this point, you know, Kai has had the support, the backing and everything to help him get to that level not only the talent and he's still pushing the limits, but he's actually fulfilled. Like, and he's like, he's a straight edge guy that is focused on performance and training and doing the best he can. And to me, that's the most 
you know, impressive thing about Kai is that it's like the highest level. He had everything to to make it, and if he didn't, that would have been the bummer, right? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but but but, he, but he's going above and beyond yeah. that, and to me, that's the impressive thing. Yeah, because you know, like you you, you just see it because kids, like people in every sport, get pushed. You right, know, there's a push on certain people, and that's there's a reason for that. Yeah, you know, and then. What I like to see is that when those kids get that push, that they they make the most of it. Dude, I was, like speaking of that, I was just watching. Uh, I forget what it was. Maybe it was ESPN, or I was reading or something. But um, LeBron James's son is like in high school or something. Can you imagine being LeBron James? Dude, dude, so that's what I'm saying. There's there were grown men. The kid's in, like dunking when he was like 11. But dude, there were grown men in the stands booing him. Yeah, he's got like 40 some points, and there are grown men booing him because just of because of who he is. Yeah, like what, imagine what just being that dominant, and people are just hating or like, yeah. fuck this kid. He grew up yeah. privileged, but that's the exact same thing of like what you're saying. If he comes into the league and he's who he has the ability to be like, that's, that's the ultimate, like, fuck you. Look, I think. Hey, at the end of the day, you have to perform. Yeah. No one, no one can make you go out and score 40 points. Right. That's on you. Yeah. No one can make you paddle out and catch two waves and score a perfect 20. At the end of the day, if you are not good enough and you're a crack under pressure consistently and you wilt, then you, th- your career's done. Yeah. Like those kids, like, yep, yeah, you know what? Those haters are going to make them better. Better. Yeah. And hey, yeah, LeBron James kids ain't going to get to the NBA because they're LeBron James kids. Trust me. <laughs> right. They're going to get there because they're fucking talented. Right. And yeah. they work their ass off. Yeah. And LeBron, to, like, I don't know those guys, but that guy like Kobe is like, those guys – Mamba mentality, man. Yeah. They work their ass off and the kids seem to have the same mentality. And you know what? You would think he's got the genetics to do it. Right. But at the end of the day, if he doesn't, yeah. no one's going to sign him. Right. Not because he's LeBron James's kid. Like right. if he's not going out and dunking and scoring points and getting assists, like it doesn't matter who you are. Right. Well, so how, I'm kind of curious though, how you, cause you, you know, you grew up surfing your whole life, being a waterman and everything. How did you shift from, you know, doing the paddling and a lot of stuff into the big wave surfing. Whereas like, you know, um, I think it was like right around 2014, 15 is probably when like you, you were getting all your, like those big wave accolades. Yeah. And like, that was shortly after your, uh, your paddling championships, whatever. When was like kind of the first time you started to really get into that echelon of big wave surfing? Whereas like, you are now that, right? Yeah. You know, how, like, how'd you shift into that? Yeah, it's a good question. But so I've always had, like, I grew up in a town and you grow up and that town has waves and those waves get so big. Like, it's, it's not going to be Hawaii big, but mm-hmm. it's as big as it can get in that spot, right? So, like, for me, I was always a thrill seeker. I always, I think the best way to put it is like you're an exhibitionist. Like I, I liked, I liked people talking about my exploits. Yeah. Like I was a show off in a way. Right, right. Like in in a way, like I was, like I would be that guy that went out. Oh, Jamie was out there. It was maxing out, and he was like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that, and and that wasn't because of more the people talking about me, but like I the challenge. Right. Like, and and so I've always had that in me, like from as long as I can remember, like, and that's. 
something that's I don't know if it, it's that's DNA, right? I think, yeah, yeah, in it a is. way, it's just it's, it's ingrained. It, yeah, it's in your. It's not right. So, and so I just remember having that, and then uh, you know, I I've always had aspirations. That, you know, as a, any surfer growing up surfing, and look, even look, I'm like I I hate even calling myself a professional surfer because I like I I. I basically was an athlete, you know, and, right? And surfing was a hobby. It still is, you know. And I just, but, but that's what I'm curious though. How did you go from doing just yeah. surfing into all of a sudden finding yourself on a 50 foot wave? I just, right? I you just, know what I mean, yeah. Was, what, like, what, what was your first time? What was like your first big wave experience? Uh, it's hard to say. Like my, I, I would say, I know when, it kind of gradually comes up. Yeah, what like, I was talking about was like when I. Laird and Dave and mm -hmm. they, those guys, the DVD, DVD Laird and uh, all aboard the crazy train. And and so we, I bought a jet ski with a partner and we just started training on the jet ski, towing in two foot waves, three foot waves. And then they had this foil. We bought the foil boards back like 15 years ago before yeah. what the foils are now. And, Be loyal to the foil. <laughs> and, I was, and I was just addicted to being like, like having role models. Like right. I, I wanted to be like Laird and Dave. Like If they're doing it, I can do it. Yeah, man, I was this kid in Australia that had this big dream and people just like laughed at me and I'm like, you know, I remember like there's a, it was 1998 Christmas and me and my brother got, we, we, we get a lot of presents together, uh -huh. similar and we'd open them up and one would be red, one would be blue. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and so like we, we, we opened up Christmas day and he got Kelly Slater black and white. Okay. The, the VHS. Yeah. And I got the Eddie I cow. <laughs> yeah, right. So hey, I don't know why. Yeah, but Fate. I watched Destiny. that, and I was like, and I, this is when I was growing up in Coffs Harbour, this small little town, and and I was like, I was, I was watching that, and I'm like, I want to be in the Eddie, and that, I mean, like to think of that, to like, manifest that, yeah, to manifest that, like not only that, like the the surfing side, it's just it's. I fucking don't even know, dude. It's, it's <laughs> even it's so radical to think that I surfed in the last eddy. Yeah, like after manifesting that. But to get to the point, going to Molokai, paddling and spending the time in the summertime, and my boat uh, guru who like escorted me across was Charlie Walker, and Charlie Walker is a famous big wave North Shore surfer, sander, and he started taking me out. And he goes, Jamie, come back and stay with me in the winter. And so I'd, uh, so yeah, I'd, so that's when you moved to 2004. Hawaii is when you moved to Hawaii. Three months. I go three months for winter. Yeah. And at that time, there's no. Yeah, it, what people don't realize is that the North Shore, the population of the North Shore swells. The population like triples during the winter. And all these people come in from all over the world, surf, photographers, everything. And that's when that golden three months happens. And then it's off. From now, from right around now, but it's like it's like March now. Uh, from March till about September, it's nothing up there, and then from September to about February, it's on like a switch, and um, and it's kind of crazy how these stories kind of always happen. Like, okay, cool, I spent a winter there, yeah, and you came back and you make all these connections, and you come back and you do it again, and then you start gaining respect, and it's cool. You, that person who was with you in the Molokai paddle. Um, was he was your protege? Like he, he, I mean, you were his, you were his protege. Yeah. And then, so 
So like, when did you guys start like, okay, cool. The next swell came. You're like, okay, cool. I have a jet ski. Yeah. I'm going to try getting towed well, in. Something, something I think that's, that might be important to note for people who haven't been there, haven't seen it, right? I went to Hawaii by myself for the first time. I think it was like four or five years ago. And I went for New Year's Eve. And I went, that was like when I went to uh, Pipeline for the first time, like I was telling you guys. The thing that fucking blew me away was when you're walking up on the beach, and I've, I've swam in waves my entire life, like in Mexico, whatever. I've considered myself a good swimmer, not that great of a surfer, but I can survive and I know how to do all the shit when things go wrong. But I, there's a first time I'd ever heard lifeguard saying, if you are not an expert swimmer, do yeah. not go in this water. We will not come get you. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to come get you. Do not go in. Like, this is your final warning. Hey, you. Like, they would call somebody out. Hey, get out of the water. People don't realize right now. how powerful those waves are. Like, I was walking up and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, and there's just people hanging out, but very few people going in the no, water. And, and, so, this and, is a scenario that you're saying, I bought a jet ski and fucking barged it. With no, my no. Buddy. But <laughs> like, then you see, like, the 11 year old grab his board and paddle out. You're like, yeah, what? Yeah. But that's an expert I, swimmer, though. I've like, never that's seen the, so many talented kids ripping some of the biggest insane waves and like when you're a kid a 12 foot wave is like triple overhead that's you get worked right and yeah. actually i the one of the first times i ever surfed pipe was a relatively small day but john john florence was still like a kid he was like nine years old and phenom they, at nine probably and and you know he lived he grew up right there on the north shore right in front of pipe but he was so small his little arms wouldn't get enough speed to paddle in. So he'd have like his brada behind him, like push him, like push him in <laughs> and he'd stand up and get pitted. And I was be like, I would, da- I wouldn't dare to go that deep. <laughs> I was scared shitless yeah. shoulder hopping at pipe and watching this little kid getting pushed in by these like professional surfer guys getting pitted. I'm like, what is going on around here? There's like magic in the water. Like there's just, there's something about that place that just breeds these these phenomenal watermen. Yeah, well, you had nothing else to do. One thing, <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> one thing I remember though, what because uh, I was talking to a couple of the guys that were paddling out because I was just fascinated, right? I mean, I'm I'm not a good surfer at all. I, I enjoy doing it, but I'm fucking terrible. But I was talking to these guys coming in, and one thing they were telling me is that when you're up, like when you're surfing like certain parts of the North Shore, the tide pulls you out. Like you don't have to paddle out. Like it pulls you past the waves. You need to yeah. catch a wave to get back in, or you're just not coming back right yeah, i mean it's look like i getting back to like richard's thing about surfing big waves is like my i attribute to where i'm at now is just from the time in the water like the junior lifeguards and i was actually my my first real like proper like job was a lifeguard i was a professional lifeguard in australia for like over a decade you nice. know and, and then uh and i lived and breathed I, I would train in the morning and swim i'd go to work and be at a beach all day. I'd tra- train in the lunchtime. Then I'd paddle my board in the afternoon at the beach, and I'd just repeat that. Pretty like, much become one with the ocean, you know. Yeah, look, and 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 I'm just like, it's I'm no better than anyone else. But that's that was just my upbringing. Yeah, you put in like, the time, you know. I just and then and so like when I was able, like I just take a step back in 1997, I got selected to do this ultimate lifeguard. It was this travel channel story. So I got selected to go to. Bali, Hawaii, San Diego, and Jamaica, and do this TV series about lifeguards. That's sweet. And I'd go and meet all these lifeguards. And that, so that's when I first met the Hawaii lifeguards in 1990, 
uh, seven. Had you been to Hawaii before no, then? first Just time. First time ever, yeah. like, ever leaving Australia, really? No, nah, I'd been to Bali before that. Okay. Oh, it's but, close-ish. But, you know, and then, um, and then I was back in, Molo- back in Hawaii in 99 to do Molokai, and that's when I met Charlie, my, my, my boat buddy, who's, you know, my, my, one of my heroes. And then they were like, hey, anytime you come back, you can stay with us. And that's when that relationship sort of blossomed. Yeah. And then about 2002 was the year I won my first race in Molokai. The first three years later, first solo because I did teams races, right? And then, um, and and he was like, "You gotta, you gotta come back in winter time, you know." And because he knew I surfed and stuff, because we yeah. talked about it, and and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna come back." And that was, uh, I, I didn't get back there. I think my first year after it was 2002. Then 2004 was the first time I went back, and I did three months. And we're, we're in 2021, 2004, 17 years. Mm-hmm. So 17 years later, I've done it every winter on the North Shore. And now I've lived there permanently, you know. Oh, so it's dude. like, but but that 2004, if you're talking rich, when I first went and did my first winter season, yeah. was surfing sunset, six, eight, ten feet. I remember Charlie wasn't surfing why me. He took me down there on days and I, and I remember him, Coming in, going. Was hey, it, you, was your first big wave? My first, spot. He goes, my was first my, twenty what? foot. Yeah, my first real twenty foot Hawaiian wave. Yeah, which is a big deal, you know. Okay, for twenty foot Hawaiian. When people say twenty foot Hawaiian, it's like thirty foot faces. It, the Hawaiians measure 40, double. Yeah, yeah. Usually, people they measure from the back. Walk outside, look at the front of your house, and double it. It's a story, yeah, yeah, like yeah. basically to yeah. put it in perspective, right? Yeah. Walk outside, look at the electric lines out in front of your house, and mm. times it by two. That's what the fuck it what looks it, yeah. like. <laughs> a good way to do it is a story. Like a story is 10 foot. Right. Yeah. So if you look at like a six-story building, like that's- what, A hotel. That's what guys, guys are saying. Yeah, there's a hotel today. coming at me <laughs> right. in the water. Here that's it comes. What, yeah. so, so, so that's what I'm saying. And when you look at the person on the top floor window, how big is that person when you're looking at the hotel? Yeah. Not very fucking big. So how, how so like your first big wave experience was Waimea? I mean, what's big wave? Well, I'm saying like, like saying your first like 20 footer yeah. was, yeah, was my wide first, yeah. Where you, where you got your big wave boner was like, yeah. holy fuck, this is going to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Wave yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Because, you know, that stage I was towing in like out at Phantoms and a bunch of places and, and it was good, but like paddling into your first legitimate 20 foot wave. And that's when, um, so that there was this, there's this underground club called the 3020 club. And it's like someone that's paddled 30 miles and paddled a 20-foot wave. And oh, check, wow. Check that box. Yeah. For you, not for me. <laughs> yeah. So like that was, a, that, was, that was a cool thing where like, uh, you know, um, a guy, Chris Owens, who had – so they sort of started that. Because, you know, paddling started really like the – how it got famous and Molokai started was like in the summertime in Hawaii, like these guys – they had nothing to do. Yeah, so they would just they want to keep in shape, so just paddleboard and then and because the North Shore shuts down, like unless you get like a good wind swell, it's pretty mellow. It's pretty mellow. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's really flat. quiet. Yeah, yeah. And the South Shore is cool and all, like you you know you get some good South swells coming in, but for the most part, dude, like it's it's you have your flat. season. It's like snowboard season, right? Yeah, where yeah. like or like you know where they got a ton of snow and then the rest of the time, it's and that's whatever. why surface travel. Yeah, you know, they travel to Bali or wherever wherever it is, you know, but. So when did like so when did like you know the sponsorship started coming on for the big wave stuff? Because I remember like you, I picked up by Quicksilver. Yeah, and uh, and then so did you start like you started getting a lot of press on these big waves? Like how did you start going full time that? Because I'm I, you know you you pretty much were hardcore 
you know, on the, the big wave tour per se. Yeah. Like, because you can't just like, you can't just qualify for this thing. They kind of have to choose you for it. And they kind of have, don't they choose you by the alcohol, by how like prominent you've been in the scene type, yeah. type of thing? For, like for me, like I, I got sponsored for Molokai like in 2004 because it was a Quicksilver edition Molokai to Wahoo Paddleboard race. Okay. And so the guy, Barrett Tester, who was the general marketing manager, he, uh, he's like, I'd won it two years. So the third year, he's like, hey, can, I, can you wear the Quicksilver board shorts? I'll give you 500 bucks. Okay. To yeah. wear them. <laughs> Deal. 500 bucks. Yeah and, yeah. and then 500 bucks paid for my escort boat. Right. You know, so I was like, okay, yeah, let's yeah, do I'm it. in. I'm yeah. fucking in. You know? But then I realized I'm like, oh, these guys are promoting, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, it's a multi-million-dollar conglomerate of a but, company. Yeah, but, but I mean, two, I'd imagine 2004 to now, just from a business sense, is a very but, different. But back, fucking- you have to understand, 2004, like the the surf industry was peaking when it came to yeah. because they were selling more clothes than they ever had. It was like the yeah. in thing. Surf shops are popping up everywhere. Like everybody was sponsored. But um, I didn't know how to fit. Like I've never known how to how I fit into the surf industry. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's honestly been a it's been a a bit of a um, my versatility. Like if you look at someone like Kai Lenny right now, like that's it's awesome because we live in that time. But fifteen years ago, when I started doing the paddleboard and I wanted to be a waterman and be proficient at all this stuff, like it was apart from Laird and Dave, and you know, I'm not comparing myself with them. But, no, but that was it. But it was like, sort of like just it was it was unknown territory, and 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 I remember I was I was working lifeguard man, and I was like making. Um, Good money. I was making like 60, 60 grand a year, 70 grand a year. And I was working three, four days a week and yeah. training and having a great time. And, and I remember Quicksilver coming along going, hey, we'll give you 500 bucks a week. Done. Like that's 25 grand a year. Right. right? Yeah. Stoked. So yeah. that's, a, that's a 50% raise, but that, basically, so, so right? That, I mean, So that's on top of what I'm getting paid from lifeguarding. Right. But, but my, the way my mind works is like, well, like I've got to, I got to go and do all the cool stuff that the water has to offer. Right. So so I quit my lifeguarding job. <laughs> Hell and, yeah. And I traveled the world on $25,000. That's awesome. Yeah. And started to make it happen. And I just believed in myself. My parents believed in me. They never, my parents never like, were like, Jamie. Get a real job. No. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, so do, what are you going to do with your so, life? You're just so, going to yeah. surf forever? It's and, like, well, and, yeah. Just well, surfing those big waves. <laughs> yeah. So it was just really, and, and I, and, and look, we, that was in, I mean, I, I'm not with Quicksilver anymore. That relationship ended uh, last year, but I had an amazing 16, 17 years with those guys, you know, and I'm so grateful for that. And uh, can you, can, can you describe when you're, when you're like your peak years, when, when you're running amok around the world, doing these big wave, like chasing these swells, because a lot of people don't understand, like once these Noah, these weather maps start heating up, all of a sudden, the entire surf the, the entire surf world starts transporting, flying, flying to those spots. Can you describe like kind of like a, a chaotic year of in your experience, where it's like okay, you went to Nazareth and then you went to Porto, and yeah. then up to Mavericks, and then back to Hawaii, and then back yeah. to Nazareth again. Yeah, uh, can you describe a, uh, like a year like yeah. that? That was kind of crazy. Yeah, there was a year in two thousand. So there was a thing in the Double XL Awards. It was the overall performance award. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, so it's in big money. So that's how you sort of got yourself into um, the tour because the tour was, um, you know, Gary Linden started this tour. It wasn't the WSL. It was just a big wave tour. And my first event was uh, how I got into my first event was I remember calling P. 
Pete Mel and Gary going, hey, like it's, it was just happening uh, in Spain just before Christmas. Okay. And so like it was just like I, I see an opportunity, like maybe people aren't going to go. It's too close to Christmas, this and that. So you could sneak your way in yeah, because so of was, lack of like yeah. contestants so or whatever. So I, I was calling Gary, who is the founder and everything, and, and I'm like, hey, you know, what do you think? He's like, Jamie, I can't guarantee anything. Right. He goes, but what I'm saying is, is that you may, there's a good chance you might get in. Right. Show up and you could sneak in. And I'm right this time I'm in Maui. Right. <laughs> to Spain. 20, literally. 20, 22nd literally. of December. Right. And I'm in Maui. It's literally and, the other side of the world. And then, and then, and then <laughs> yeah, it's like, and it's like, okay, you got to be in this spot in like 36 hours. Yeah. Well, that's about right. how long it's going to take me to get there. So. Last minute flights, <laughs> how much it costs me. And, but how I'm, much was it to get over there? Like five grand? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I and then I made the semifinals and sort of got. I think. Wait, I, describe wait, the day, describe the day. There, hang on, though. Dick, real quick. Five grand of his twenty five thousand dollars a year yeah. that he's getting is <laughs> like fuck it. I'm barging it. And then, like, I, and then I won like maybe three thousand dollars in making the semis. <laughs> no, but, 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 but describe that, the day though. Like, was it like okay? It was like what fifty. 50, 60 foot faces. It's all about the waves, Rich. And that's what people don't understand is that we do it, like big wave surfers do it for the love. Right. It's, it's, there's, there's certain people that make really good money, but honestly, it's so far and few between. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it really is like, like- Talk about a subset of a subset of a subset. Well, like, if, people, you're, if you're not passionate about it, then it's just not going to happen. Yeah, like so, you got it. You have to love it. Otherwise- And also, too, also too though, it's it, it, it's going to flip on like a switch anywhere around the world and you got to go there. Yeah. To yeah, get it's, that. Look, and it's really, you know, like it's you, the, the true, like I, I truly, like there was a t- like five, six years ago when I was just chasing every swell around the world. Like it was, that was my goal. Like the Molokai was, you yeah. Know? Also, too, though, because when 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 there's a fifty thousand dollar check for someone who rode the biggest wave of the winner, like people invest in themselves, yeah. to go to, to go from Jaws down to fucking Porto. Well, that's up the, the Mavericks. But you got to think that's only that. That's the thing, right? Like you see a check at the end of the year, right? Like Billy Kemper won Ride of the Year, and it's like that's one dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One dude, but it's also how many how many checks like that get handed out a year? Is that the one? So dude, you, yeah. you work all there's, year, there's and then a, that's your salary couple, for the year. There's like the biggest one. There's the biggest paddle. There's the biggest toe. There's a um, but, it, but it's but it's the it's, ride of the year. But it's like a not. It's a single thing, right? Like, right. Like I've won. The, I won the the best year that I ever had. I was. Um. I won the biggest. No, no. I won the contest at Nazareth. Yep. And I yeah, Quicksilver had a bonus, so I got that. Then I won the overall performance of the year award at the WSL Awards. Yep, that was big. And then I got a bonus, and then yep. I was in the top five for ride of the year. So like that year was my best money making. And year. then what about that Maverick? The year that, that was in 2015. So that was before that. But yeah, like, so- but in that little run, but even still, like, like. The biggest paddle was twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. You know how much I spent trying to get that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm like, getting at. It's crazy. You know what I mean? so like, like, like people. I would. It's looking, almost. It's almost like you're praying to break even. Looking, like I, do, looking, like I just want to cover my yeah. cost. That's looking, it. looking from the outside in, I would imagine people go, "Fuck, Jamie's pretty successful. He's making good money." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because they, I'm you know. The but 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 you know, like to be honest, like as a, an athlete and. To do what I like, it's, it's a fucking struggle, dude. Yeah, it's it's not. It's like I'm telling you. There's, a, but maybe- also too though, like just like the, to the, to go back to the mat, your your biggest the the paddle award you won at Mavericks. 
there's 12, other, 12, 15, 20 other guys in that lineup that could have got that wave. But also too, though, the rules to that, the rules to get that award, you have to make it because a lot of guys charge these big waves you can't even make. Um, but like you have to actually stay on your board all the way down and make it to the channel, right? To actually, you got to make it. like so. It can't be just a straight closeout, you know. Yeah. Like my the one I won at Mavericks, I didn't make. I actually freaking copped the lip to the head and broke ribs and stuff. But, but I'm saying uh, you, but I'm saying you made the drop, made the bottom turn. Yeah, was, so if, yeah. if you make the bottom turn, you pretty much got it. But then, then after that, it's really unpredictable. Yeah, how how fast are you going? Like, cause I know, like, when you like snowboarding, for example, I've never been a wave that big. But when you're snowboarding and you go like, and you barge like a like a double black, you're flying like yeah. 40, 45, maybe fifty miles an hour. I don't know, like at your peak. Like how um, when you're going down a, the face of a wave like that, if you had to equate it, it's yeah. got to be because like when you're snowboarding, and this is the closest I can get, is like everything just gets silent. Yeah, and you're just dialed in on fuck, just don't fall. Yeah, if I fall, it's gonna be really fucking bad. Yeah. Like there's got to be that moment of serenity where it's like, and then at the end, like the rush of adrenaline floods, you're just like, holy shit, that just happened. Yes. Yeah, so, and that's cool. Like certain places like Jaws or Mavericks, like when you kick out of the channel, you're, yeah. like, you're like safe, right? <laughs> Nazare, you kick out and it could be a 30 footer on your head. Yeah, you're fucked. So like you never- Yeah, that's what's fucked up about Nazare. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not like a point break. Like I said, <laughs> it's a beach break. Yeah. But like- I remember the first video I saw in Nazare, I was like, this cannot be real. Like, this has to be like somebody's fish tank, like with some camera tricks. And I looked it up and I was like, what the fuck? This place exists and there's people on the pier watching, like like lots of people on the pier watching. And these things are massive. So what's the world record right now? Isn't it 80 foot, 82 feet right now? What's the world record? Like 78 or something like that? Fuck, that's but massive. That's, that's, Who holds that? that? Uh, Rodrigo, like Garrett McNamara had it, a good friend of mine, Garrett. See, I think, okay, I saw Garrett McNamara's wave, and I still think that's way bigger than, than Rodrigo's. Yes, and then, but uh, way bigger, but nominally bigger. Look, and and again, like I, I'm good friends with all these guys, like, right? And, and then I look at Garrett's wave, and I'm like, I think I've seen waves bigger than that, right? And it's like, you just just when they're watching and who's watching timing and yeah. how they like that's a big thing that we got to do in the big wave world is how do we measure waves like how is that measurement like really constructed and how usually they take usually take um, it's a shitty thing dude you, jamie's six foot in a crouch he's five foot let's do how many uh, you know like yeah yeah it's not but a, a good thing though that you can take the board because when you're dropping but, in you can see that you have a 10 foot board and they have this way of like kind of photoshopping and kind of like double, like copy pasting the board from the top to the bottom, and you can add ten feet, ten feet, yeah. ten feet, ten but even feet. That, that's uh, and then, and then how do you find the bottom? To me, that's mm -hmm. a, a prehistoric way of measuring. Yeah, like in reality, look look at this watch I'm wearing. Right, like, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how does that watch translate to a wave? And right, right, right. There's ways to do it. We just haven't found yet. Yeah, and I'm pretty confident that we're gonna get there, but. There's certainly technology out there that could be used, but then that's the investment by the organization that they have to put into yeah. it for calculations and all that shit. Yeah, like I go off face value a lot of stuff. You know, when I see a wave, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like for me, that's like my gauge of like, that's a big wave. Yeah. And if I say that five times, I'm like, okay, that's the five waves of the year. Yeah. And then you can start to dissect it and- well, okay, for, you know for, what? For, wait, from a photographer's perspective- Maybe is, Photographers, is mind, that's where you have a great photographer- and a guy like Fred Pompermeyer. 
when you're in the spot and you know where to shoot from and the angles and they show the wave bigger, <sighs> there's waves that have one that aren't as big as the other waves. But, but the, the photo shows. But the yeah. angle that they sh- shoot it from makes it look bigger. Movie that's, magic. Yeah, so it's like magic. It's like David Copperfield. Yeah. But that's kind of that's kind of how me, me Jamie and I kind of like um our friendship budded. You walked into this my studio we're in now on like St. Patrick's Day, like four years ago or so. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's like, oh, surf, he surfs big waves. I'm like, dude, I've uh I just had this photo here in surfing mag, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, Well, dude, uh, next time I'm at Mavericks, I'd love for you to put put you on a boat. And that was my first time ever shooting big waves. But like as a photographer, they need you. They need people like myself to capture these moments that no one else would see or be in a position to capture yeah. or else no one sees it or they'll never get that set award or something like that. But mind you, of course, there's a lot of photographers out there way more than there used to be. But you know, when, when Mavericks is pumping, Jamie hits me up. He goes, brother, get up there. Here's a boat. I'm going to be there, do your thing. And he would do his thing all day. I'll do my thing all day. And then, and then right when it's all over, I'm editing, 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 pushing them out, pushing them out. And, um, I was super stoked. The last Mavericks trip, I woke up to Kylie posting my wave. I, I woke up to Ian Walsh posting my Hell wave yeah. and like, and I was the first one to put him out. And I was like, I, I gained all this respect in the surf world being that like, you know, I, you know, uh, I want to like toot my own horn, but it's being on a boat for twelve hours, and it, like it's, it's a full day's work. It's not. It's not. Hard. It's a day it's, at the it's, office. It's not as hard as obviously as as, sh- as surfing. Not as easy ways. as it looks. Right. No, it's not as yeah, easy. I mean, you're as it not looks. you're not laying bricks all day, but you're fucking working. Yeah, and uh, I, I had two cameras. I went through. I, I shot maybe four thousand frames. That's awesome. And uh, and when I got back on land, I couldn't even like it was still wobbling. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, to all the photographers out there listening, like. The main thing I can I can tell you as a tip is you got to be the first one to put out that media before everybody else because a lot of guys is kind of lag. All the guys that surfed want to put it out like immediately the day of that that and they want it edited. They want it looking nice. They well, especially want, in today's like social media world, right? It's like you have to be quick. Well, like, quickest I, to I, Twitter. I, my my best way is like. I'll come in and it's already been posted. Yeah, it's posted in real time. It's fucking awesome. You know, that's and the beauty that, of social media. So after that's that, where the sport well, grows. The beauty, too. beauty and the beast. Yeah, yeah. And and it's like I, I had no clue what I was doing. So the second time I did it, I happened to be DJing a wedding on Maui uh, for mm. Shane Madison's wedding, and Jamie's like, "Dude, the WSL contest, the Jaws contest is going off." I had to DJ a wedding that night. I woke up at five thirty that morning, drove to um, drove to the contest site, almost didn't get let in. Jamie had my name at this at this little like checking area. They couldn't find it at first. I was just like, oh my God, like whatever. Finally found it, got on the cliff. Jamie's Jamie's about to jump into a helicopter. I'm like, what up, bro? <laughs> and I set up my tripod and I shoot the entire contest until like 12 noon. And then while I was in the car on the way back to the other side of the island to get ready for this wedding, I'm editing photos in the car. On your laptop. On my yeah. laptop, trying to get them out. And, uh, and like, you know, like I'm not getting paid to do any of this stuff, but what what I, what I get paid in is the respect and the experience recognition and the recognition and stuff, because it's, it's like, it's, I'm so thankful for Jamie that injected me into that world to where I can be in the position to, to get those shots. That's awesome. It's, it's so, it's, it's very rare to one surf it very rare to be able to like shoot it, but like, 
it's just these moments in time only happen for like a short 12 hour window and either you're there or you're not. Yeah. And if, opportunities knocking, and it, you can answer. You're going to fucking like, dude, turn your back. The first time, like Jamie hit me up a day before I, I, I was doing circles in my studio, grabbing my, a jacket and, and, and like a, a hoodie and a beanie. And I was just like, jumped and, in my car. And that's, and that's what we're doing. And, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So everybody, Same. everybody's just kind of grabbing all their shit and meeting in one place and just, and it just happens. Yeah. And you know, and, and, and it's magic, dude. And, and when it's all done, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a, it's a, it's a, for lack of a better term, it's the hurricane. It forms. Yeah. It's forming. It's forming. I'm like white knuckling driving the yeah. whole way up for the eight <laughs> and, hour drive through no man's land. I'm yeah. like, Oh my God, I'm up to, I'm about to see the biggest waves I've ever seen in my entire life. And and like with and the when, front row fucking seat. With the front row fucking seat, dude. <laughs> and like well or yeah, second row seat. So Jamie's this, got the front row seat. And this, is, second the, row. this is the yeah. thing you're hope, you're hoping nothing's guaranteed with Mother Nature. Yeah. Right. And that's the that's the beauty in the beast, is like you hope that you're gonna turn up and see because you know, Richard's been up before and we thought it was gonna be better than it was. Well and, the first the first time was big. But the second time was a bust, yeah. And then the third time was all time, yeah. And uh, and pretty good strike, right? Oh, that was a great. That, <laughs> yeah, was, a, right? that was a great strike. But Bat, like batting sixty six percent. But what's cool? It's like, dude, you. I woke up in the morning. I took a Pepto Bismol, so I didn't have to poop or pee the whole day. <laughs> and uh, and uh, clogged up the and, and all I had to eat was I, I had a bunch of bone broth uh, to to eat the whole to eat the whole time and mm-hmm. like and but like as we we're. The first wave that of the day when the when the sun broke that when Luca got 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 him, whipped I, into that I wave. I him into that wave. Yeah, he towed yeah. him in that wave. It was fucking insane. But no one, the one thing I cannot like emphasize more is how it sounds when you are forty feet away, forty feet away from this fifty foot wall of water folding over into a perfectly groomed glass flat. The ex- the sound of that explosion, it's the air pressure, like the, the air is just f- the and force. It's like, yeah, like, boom! But the, the 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 clap of that of that lip hitting that hitting that super glassy water, yeah, is a sound I'll never forget. It, it's it's that's, it's that's mind blowing. That's what I was trying to describe the first time that I saw like pipeline. I was like, what the. F- Fuck, people man, don't realize people don't realize real. how close you are to pipe from the beach. People think pipes like a hundred yards out. Dude, we were it's we were like getting thirty fucking yards from the beach. We were getting missed. I was like right by where the cars were parked. Everyone just pulls over on the side of the road up there. I was, and there was getting missed with every wave crashing. I was like, yeah. dude, like the beach is shaking. This is some shit. I like. I never like when you're saying like you can't really tell. I was like in awe. I yeah. must have sat there for an hour and a half, two hours, just like jaw hey, dude, but, on the floor, just going what. But but when when the outside set comes and it's swinging, nothing feels better being safe on that boat in the channel. (laughs) While I'm seeing Jamie and everybody scrapping for their lives to that to for the fucking horizon to try to get out. And then when that cleanup set hits, people are ditching boards. It's chaos, and I'm sitting there, nice and warm, in my jacket, (laughs) going, just taking photos, going, like I'm shaking, and I can't imagine how they're feeling. Butthole puckered, but super butthole pucker. But you know what's cool is like you were talking about that Luca moment in the morning, and and every moment there's certain sessions that have moments, right? Like so that 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 morning, like it's it's big, you know, it's paddle big. Yes, it's perfect, but there's some big waves, and I said to Luca, I said, do you want do you want to tow one? He's like, yes. I'm like, okay, I'll get you one. You know, like, 
And at this stage, we were a little bit late to the party. There had been a bit going on and, and, and I'm all for paddling, right? And it was like a-, a, a You kind of got your toe-ins before the paddle. Yeah, it was a be- but it was a beautiful paddle day. So I, sat, I went out there and got into the- sat, This is our only chance to do it. Yeah, I sat down with I said, hey, I looked down and I said, one wave. We, I'm going to get you one wave. That's it. You know, like we're going to wait for a good one. Yeah. And we're out there for 10 minutes. This one came- and uh, I whipped it into it. He What's the communication? Are you like, this is it? Let's yeah, go. Yeah, this is it. And I, I whipped him in uh, probably in a little deep of perfect. Okay. But he took this like he fa- took this really sick line and he pulled into the barrel. And I guess what I'm getting at is that that wave electrified the channel. Like it was like I remember Pete Mel saying that like he was like, Oh my god! And everyone, because this is a local kid, right? Right. And he just charges, saying, "Packed it." Everyone's fucking screaming. Wait, I have a. I, I think I have this. I have the video pulled up from Lucas Poland. I'm gonna yeah. play it right now. You ready? But what I'm saying is, Wait, hold, on, hold on. This is the audio from that from that toe in. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, every, that, so everybody's screaming that from was, the channel. That was that was Jojo Roper, yeah. and uh, and that and that people's heads were coming off. That's what I'm saying. Like that moment, lit the whole day up. Yeah, it just it, it just set was, the day it off. was just like, I mean, I I didn't even surf, dude. Like, cause I, at this stage, I go, I've got to go rescue him. We go through the rocks, find his board. And I get to him and he's like, I'm it's like- ca- It's called the Boneyard, by I, the way. I, I high five him and we're fucking like just hugging and just like, it's primal. Dude. So primal, yeah. dude. And like just so charged up and fired up and like, and I haven't even fucking surfed. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, and it was just so, and but that moment, I think just, and it just fired up everyone and set the tone for the rest of the day. And there's those pivotal moments, like I guess a football team or a, a basketball team or somewhere where someone- made the pivotal play yeah. that changed the tone of the half court a, a, half, sh- half court sh- buzzer beater a, one sh- of those should we call Luca yeah let's try should, should we call him real quick and Wait, see real, I want to get I, wanna, I definitely want to get in if we all have time for the ayahuasca stuff but I'm curious oh. I, one thing I definitely want I'm curious of is like because we're talking about we were talking earlier just equating to other sports because there's probably people that are listening that aren't as familiar with surfing Yeah, but like the if you go to like NBA and the way that the game was when Jordan was playing, it's very different than when LeBron was playing. You've been doing this a long time. Like the technology, the equipment that you guys have, like the way that things have transformed, like how much of an impact has that made in people today's execution? Like, because I'd imagine there was a time when people are using like literally riding logs that are fucking useless right now that you would never even go out and they're like 30 times heavier and you're talking about paddling into waves where it's like it's impossible to even do yeah. with something like this, right? And now the technology is like yeah. cutting fucking edge. Yeah, so the, the biggest thing that's changed now in our lifetime generation is the, uh, the inflation vest and the flotation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people like it, some people don't. Um, but it's allowed people to feel a little bit more comfortable, to push the limits. Um, and good guys that can handle a lot of stuff. They're able to maybe push even more boundaries than they would without yeah. it. And I like it in that sense. But then I then you know, having every Tom, Dick and Harry paddle out thinking they can surf big waves, it's uh, you know, it's the it's the you know, good and the bad yeah. things, you know. But but I look back at, you know, the old days, I look at, you know, Greg Knoll and and Brock and what they were doing back then and to what we're doing now, like 
They're nuts. Yeah, it's not that like <laughs> like we're surfing. The thing that we're doing is we're surfing different waves that are allowing us to take different lines right. and, and, and surf those waves better. Bigger risk. But if you look at Waimea Bay from twenty years ago to now, same dude, same. Like, really? Yeah, it's the same. Like, dude, I love that. That's yeah. what I was hoping. That was the answer that I was hoping to kind of get out of like. Yeah, how- I, I respect the old guys, the equipment, you know, this and that, the fins, all that stuff, and the. Surfing giant close out Waimea without vests. That's why there was only five or six people out there instead of like 50 now. Like, <laughs> it's just, it, it's different. The jet skis, like having someone there to save you, like you used to have to get yourself to the beach, you know? Like, so <laughs> there's a different style of, uh, you know, being acclimatized to the water. That's crazy. Think about like, I'm going to, I'm waiting out here and I'm waiting to catch my wave. But then after I catch my wave and it's over, now I just have to live. Now I yeah. got to figure out a way to get to the sand no, so I don't pretty, die. It's pretty much like, and then I get to go do it again. Get like, to the channel. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna. I'm calling Luca right now. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if he answers. See if he answers. <laughs> hey, Luca. <laughs> I think he's on Maui. No, no, he's on. He's in Kauai. I mean, right Kauai with, with the lad. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. He's probably out in the water. It's like it's like it's like two p.m. over probably. there. He's probably falling. Oh fuck yeah. yeah. The young kid doesn't like to answer his phone too much either. Your call has been forwarded. Oh, so good. It's all. Yeah, he's probably out in the water. So good. That'd be so fun though to just a just a like gorilla call him right now. That'd yeah. be hilarious. I, you know, look, he's a like Luca. I, you know, when I look at Luca, I I was on the same flight with him uh, yeah. to uh, to Hawaii. Yeah, I think, uh, a couple I, weeks ago. I think he's the future. He's 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 sort of what the future should look like. Like. He's got this cra- crazy opportunity where he's been able to go and live with Leah Hamilton, who's like, I mean. I actually talked. I was standing in line waiting to get on the plane with him. He's like, yo, Richard. I was like, oh, fuck, Luca, what up? He's like, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, dude, I'm taking Laird Hamilton's dog to Kauai for him. And the dog was being put underneath the airplane at the moment. And I was like, dude, like, um, I'm like, holy shit. So, like, you know, he's living with Laird Hamilton in Malibu, tr- uh, you know, training and, you know, uh, Talk about a uh, someone to work with and train with is the pioneer of big wave surfing. I do, like I told you, like Laird was my hero, right? Yeah. And Luca, like, because I was, I was, you know, just trying to help Luca out the best that I could with what what I had, you know, with the, getting him on Quicksilver, yeah, and this and that. And then a couple, like a year ago, he calls me up and goes, "Hey," and I know he, he'd been going down to Malibu just to hang out and stuff, and he goes and train. And he goes, man, I've got this opportunity. What do you think? I said, well, what's the opportunity? He goes, well, Led's offered me to, you know, stay at his house and do this. I'm like, dude. Like, just go. I'm like, you've got the chance 100%, to. 100%. You've you got, have to you've, do it's, it. It's, it's literally like your kid trying to play, trying to be in the NBA and like. And like LeBron saying, the, hey, you want to come live with me? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. If he says that to me today, I'm going to say yes. Like, no, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, you I mean, it sounds crazy, but that's what it is. Like, and. And Laird at right now has the with his uh, Laird Superfoods and the XPT what, what all he's that. Doing he's and, married to Gabby Reese. Yeah. yeah, I mean the, the the training and the recovery and what Luke is learning is forget about big wave surfing, but just a, a lot. What a what a life experience. Yeah, like to be at with you know the Godfather of big wave surfing, and he, he pretty and much made okay. He so foiling existed. It, like recreation in the like in like lakes and shit people would have those foils right he pretty much turned a foil into a big wave surfing foil right he pretty much uh pioneered that whole thing 
where he he refined the board, he refined the design, and made it more for big wave surfing. And I saw that um, I saw that documentary, Take Every Wave. I yeah, think it's called. I've seen that. I saw that the day before we were going out to Hawaii, and then you know learning about Laird. And pretty much the whole thing was about him. Obviously, it was a documentary of Laird. Yeah, take every wave. <laughs> yeah, take every wave. But uh, and then I run into Luca, who lives with them. I was like, "This is cool. Like, it's kind yeah. of like, what's it like? <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I just, it's such a rad experience." I, I said, we, "We almost went up there that one time. You're like, dude, come to Laird's house." Yeah. Oh, I just said, I said to him, "I said, are you kidding?" I said, "Take the opportunity, mate." <laughs> like, don't why even, are you even asking me? The just, answer is yes. Yeah, just don't even think about <laughs> it. Like, I mean, just he's a young 17 year old kid, and you got you, this, this like bigger than life. Michael Jordan. He's yeah. A, yeah, I mean, he's Michael Jordan of yeah, surfing, right? Yeah, you know, and just and it was just like I'm, I'm so happy for him, you know, because another kid that like um, that puts the hard work in, is focused, and has goals, and he has a lot of goals outside of surfing, to yeah. be honest, which is even more crazy. Like, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to say too much here, but like, what his plans are for the next few years, you know, like is. How yeah, how old is he now? Like nineteen. When I was nineteen, my plans for the next ten years were getting laid. Yeah, my yeah. my plans were like it was like, well, what do I can do the next ten years? Well, if I live, if I live till tomorrow, then I'll think about Sunday. Yeah, and then if I live through Sunday, then maybe we'll get to Wednesday, and uh, you know, probably hit the gym once. But this kid's like, you know, there's just <laughs> there's certain exactly dude. There's certain people that just have that like foresight and that just drive to go get. Something like that for greatness, oh, you know. I hear some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Best drop. This is a drop of the podcast, basically, man. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know. And that's look. There's always there's excellent people. We we all know them, right? Like you know the kid from high school, or yeah. you've met someone that's they're an overachiever. Yeah. And it's not from fucking just a fluke. No. It's 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 you, DNA. You got you know like look there there are people that just have gifted genetic freaks and have that opportunity and i this is what i wait can, can we can we get to can we get to the segment that we always love around here you know what really grinds my gears what <laughs> grinds your gears about the about the surfing world about what people just just missed just missed opportunities and like just people just floundering their lives away what grinds your gears jamie um grinds my gear well I'll, look i would say the for, for for the big wave serving community, I think it's just the lack of opportunities for us. You know, I think that we ha- we show you know with uh, when when we have big wave events, how many people watch them, people tune in, the opportunities. I think that we're probably underappreciated. You know, and and as athletes, big wave athletes, like uh, I think we probably train more than most in the in the if you're looking at the surfing world because that makes sense. it's actually way more dangerous because but it's like the, if you it's don't the lack of the lack of visibility if you don't, if you don't to train, like train you die you know? <laughs> yeah. so that's but yeah. arguably though like, how many wait how many jobs out there where if you don't train you die like <laughs> the military right? yeah that's about it well what's Police. what's crazy about big wave surfing is that like it's it's arguably some of the most popular content on social media like there's nothing grabs the attention of someone surfing through an Instagram feed than a fucking massive wave with a little ant on it. This but is, but this to is, Jamie's you know, point, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I so said this is my, I, this is a, it's a perfect scenario. You're walking through the airport, you jump into a sports bar to sit down and have a drink before you jump on the plane yep. or have something to eat, right? You got baseball, 
basketball, you got cricket. You, you got cricket. <laughs> yeah. God forbid, baseball, right. cricket. Yeah. Same. Put them in the same genre. Yeah. You got uh, trestles, right? You know the, the world tour, and you got Jaws, right? <laughs> now, just from human nature, people wanting to see car wrecks and carnage, and yeah, yeah. I don't care if you're the biggest Lakers fan in the world, if Someone's dropping down a 60-foot wave, you can't take your eyes off it. Right. You can't, yeah. It's like a fucking car crash down the 405. Yeah, yeah, it is. Tell me, you tell me that you drive past without looking. No. Dude, honestly. You're a liar. Yeah, I, you're, dude, fuck, you're full of honestly, shit. Honestly, some, some of my most popular uh, photos have been the wipeout photos. Of course. You know, and like someone going like head first off a of fucking, my, one of my favorite ones ever is Clint Kimmins. Remember the first time we were yeah, ever yeah. at Mavericks? Clint was way too this guy is a fucking monster of a human he go he was trying to get on the on the big wave tour and he was pushing it he just really really wanted to get that like moment he was way too deep way too big of a wave he just burned and turned and immediately from the get-go before you can get off swan dive he he jumps off his board from like he's at the top of this like 28 foot wave with his hands wide open like a like a flying squirrel, uh, looking down th- this face of this wave, and it was one of the best fucking pictures, one of my favorite photos of all time. It's unreal. And, if you were uh, to put someone in front of a thirty foot cliff and say jump, but uh, like ninety percent of of citizens would be like, I'm not fucking also jumping that off cliff this. Is is churning? It's moving. It's a moving <laughs> cliff. It's <laughs> moving forty miles an hour. Well, I, then, miles but an then hour. you gotta hold your breath. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's it that was one of my most favorite fucking frames I've ever yeah. taken. It's just it's just it was pure chaos. Yeah. So get I think getting back to your point, Rich, is like I think that my 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 second coming in the big wave community is to create um a platform for big wave surfers like the podcast. Yeah. Um and working on, you know, content that's you know, three sixty five, twenty four seven. Um, getting and, it out to the masses. Yes, and and have I? So this is it. When I have a kid like Luca come up to to me and goes, Jamie, um, I fuck, I want to be a big wave surfer. I'm like, okay. He goes, um, should I pursue it? And I'm like, in in this climate right now, I would be amiss to tell him to, hey, like I, I don't want to tell you not to chase your dreams, but. The surf industry sort of sucks. Right. There's not much money. There's no tour. I'm like, fuck, maybe you should go get a job. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and so, but, but that's a real thing. But, like, but, but my, but, and, 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 but I, the, I know that guy. I know how talented he is. And I want to tell him, yes, you should pursue it because there's opportunities out there and there's avenues out there that you can go and make two, three, four hundred thousand dollars a year, five hundred thousand dollars a year, a million dollars a year. Yeah. That's my goal. Right. That's my goal in the future. And I'm working towards that with a partner of mine. We're trying to we're, just monetize. We're it. moving forward, just trying to promote these amazing athletes, men and women, show the world like the it, the audience is there. People want to see it. Yeah. Right now the 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 infrastructure that's around it is kind of haphazard. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. If like, you know, if there's not guys in the channel shooting, no one's gonna see it. But what he's saying though is that you have to create that platform because you're not gonna get like TNT on a Sunday, right? It's gonna be like five fucking basketball games. 
Uh, you know, you're not going to get ESPN. Yeah. But you can't. You're not going to get. But you also can't schedule these things. It, it, it happens to be this this fucking huge weather phenomenon is yeah. happening in the North Pacific. Dude, I feel and, like I feel like you mentioned Surfline earlier. I feel like that's like they have the big enough platform yeah, where well, they I've, would be the I've, ones to be able to I've do something work, like I've, that. I've been working with Surfline this year. My my role this year was filming, like taking over their Instagram, doing live crosses from the channel preparation hell yeah everything right so i half my day was filming every the surfers and getting interviews and the other half was me trying to get waves <laughs> and it was super successful i love like that. crazy successful right because it was real time i could get i was on a jet ski i could like someone had a crazy fucking wipeout i could pull up to him and just fucking film him real time right there that's yeah. awesome yeah, like that's I, it's I, like I, you I know remember, like it's uh, the sideline you know yeah, like, but the, the thing is is you couldn't do that i couldn't do that it would take somebody like you like you have to have somebody who's in the thing to be like we're gonna go well, do the, this. and the respect of like someone asking the question they look and go oh it's jamie or someone else that's respected like i'll give if, you the answer if you i know, pull like, up they're gonna be like who the fuck are you yeah, get away from me totally. you know yeah, so, I, I remember when we were uh on december 8th when we were at mavericks um like jamie was half surfing half filming for surf line the whole time but he was he was the connection to the rest of the world to see what was going on in real time somebody has to be and like, it that's... was cool like he, he would pull up to kailini and all of a sudden kailini was on the side of our boat just talking about like oh my god this is it was such a fun crazy he was like i got fucked up i got wiped out and and there's just these real 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 time experiences and and if you didn't have someone to do that, it kind of just would be just pictures and videos. And that's what it's been like, you know. And it's just, it's just a look. It's a shift, right? Like, I'm, I'm that sort of person that, like, I'm like, I don't want to sit on my hands and wait for someone to give me an opportunity. Same. I've never been like that. Same. Right. And and that's that's where we're at. Like, if I'm being fucking 100 percent honest, like the WSL, I love them. They are the home of big waves, of home of surfing, mm -hmm. but. For big wave surfing, it's as as we can see, there hasn't been that much effort put into it. Right, right. So they're, they're going for what their what their and, audience is already and, doing. And hey, as a business, right, makes sense. That's fine. Right, but you can't expect like me as a uh, go getter, right, to sit there and just. Wait for you. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. got to be some sort of competition. Right. There's all there's, in a marketplace. There has to be competition. Yeah. You got to drive people to be better. Yeah. It's, it's such a crazy business model. Like their business model is basically watching people almost die. Yeah. But they're you the know? only. But they're the, but they're the only ones. Like they they like, have they have the market basically like monopolized because it's like we're the World Surf League and this is what you get and it's like well yeah, until I, fucking Jamie. Pulls up with but, his but shit, the, yeah. But, well, but maybe. the beautiful thing about surfing, though, you don't need any of that to go surf. No, true. Right? Well, and again, look, I'm not like I fuck, man. I love the WSL. I love the the athletes. I've you know all that stuff that I've been involved in. But like, it comes to a point where it's just like, I am going to pursue other other avenues to to promote this sport and the athletes. Well, as your you career know, changes and you have some, I'm imagining like. There's a transition coming in your career, and there's a there's a pivot you have to make. It in happened, order to it's already happened this year. That's why I've taken that role. Fuck yeah. yeah! You know, like my role now is like, for me, it's, it was about going out and being the gnarliest guy and catching the biggest wave. And now, for me, it's about being involved in those special sessions and going out and just being happy with catching a wave or two. Yeah. But getting big wave serving to the next level. Fuck yeah! And so for me, that's 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 that's. You know, that's my mindset, right? Like I've committed to doing that and I'm going to, 
following that path. I'm, I'm committed to a Luca. I'm committed to these all these other the young, next Luca, whoever yes, that is. Yes, exactly right. So I'm committed to those kids that like I want to sit down and give those guys a check and say, hey, <laughs> the thing on, the thing you didn't get, <laughs> go and surf for a year and fucking go crazy. Yeah, like I, that's what I want to see for these guys. Like, and I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Yes. Well, yeah, I am you crazy. Are, yeah. crazy. <laughs> but this, but this, but, this sounds like, and I, I hate to use the word stereotypical, but having, like, having participated in several plant medicine ceremonies of my own, this sounds like something that maybe manifested through your ayahuasca shit. Yeah, or, or, yeah, may, did, or did maybe you guys want to get into the ayahuasca, or maybe shit? like came to light because <laughs> what it does, like, it, I mean, I don't want to describe everyone's ayahuasca ceremonies or everyone's plant medicine ceremonies, but. What it does, what it did for me was it brought the all-knowing of something that I already felt deep down, but either I was rejecting it, I wasn't allowing it in, or I wasn't yeah. accepting of whatever my mission was. But it was there was a moment in one of my ceremonies where it was like, duh. I'm like, just, of, yeah. of course, is what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. I've only been living it like for, thir- I'm, I'm going to be 40 in six yeah. weeks. For when I went to do ayahuasca, I was 38. For yeah. 38 years, I've always known this to be true. I was just too dumb to fucking realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, man, it's a uh, life is a trip. Life is a journey. <laughs> and uh, God, man, like I've, I've had a good life, man. And, but I want to be better. Yeah. Know? Like I want to be better for my kids. I want to be better for my wife. I want to be better for my friends. Did you feel like you were called to ayahuasca? Like it was, it was pulling you in of like, I needed something. I needed, I needed a, you know, like I, I had this weird transition in my life because I've been this young kid that had just focused and trained and done so much stuff like into my thirties, right? And I never got to really, you know, like just go and be a party and have a good time. You know <laughs> be, what I mean? Like, be a I mean, human. I mean, I did, but yeah. like, but there's just a transition. Like I went through a, um, a relationship, a really bad breakup and, at that time, I was moving to America full time, and we'd made a movie about my um, ten Molokai's called Decade of Dominance, and that was premiering. And just there was just a, my uh, Jamie Mitchell as a human being at that moment was a fucking mess. Yeah, you know. And, and then all of a sudden, I'd moved from my family, everyone that loved me, that understood me. I moved to a container in fucking Costa Mesa, starting over, and lived lived in this fucking. Uh, what is it like a fucking like uh, yeah like basically a big fucking container by myself <laughs> yeah. like you know what I mean yeah it was like everyone through the day the factory and, and that you know and then it would shut at night and it was just like a fucking prison right you know I'd find myself going I gotta I, I go to the bar right you know what I mean yeah yeah drinking too much and I, at that time I'm still competing in paddle like I was still succeeding. I was still winning races and doing what I needed to do. But, There's a void. But it was just like it wasn't – it just – like people didn't know. But like I, I – you know, and it was – what was worse was that I could keep fucking being successful. Yeah. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Dude. Like I'm trying to – like I was trying to self-destruct myself. Yeah. And I was still being successful. Yeah. How fucked up is that? Right, yeah. I'm like – I'd, I'd, where do I go from there? You I, know, like I'm trying to, was I, was I trying to just get to a point where like, it was like, Jamie, you need help. <laughs> yeah. But I couldn't get there. because For, like, Forcing yourself to rock bottom, but you're too good at what you're doing to, to even t- like come yeah, close. Yeah, and it wasn't even like, you know, like a rock bottom. It was just like, I, I just needed something. And I've, you know, I met my 
wife now, Cassie, and she was super. Shout out to Cassie. Yeah, she was. Um, she you know totally got me into alternative thinking, and uh, I actually the first time I went to ayahuasca was in Costa Rica, and I went Soltara. No, I went to the uh, arrhythmia. Yes. Yeah. Went for a week. It was before I had shoulder surgery, so my whole goal was to go there, get super clean, healthy ready for my shoulder surgery, which I did. And I, um, and I struggled those first, uh, those sessions because I had so much expectation, too much pressure. I was taking three shots and I wasn't getting what I wanted out of it. Mm. It was just, it was like, and, but that was, that was the Jamie Mitchell, like more excessive, I need more. I've got to be the gnarliest. I've got to do this, right? Yeah. When I've been able to sit, sit back on that and understand that, Jamie, no. Yeah. You can get exactly what you need from a little bit. Yeah. You don't need to be the gnarliest fucking idiot. <laughs> you don't yeah. need to be that guy, but I've been that guy so long that it's you didn't so know, You didn't natural. know how else to be, yeah. And, I didn't, and, and thank God for self-awareness and things like ayahuasca ceremonies where I've able to, and it's taken a long time still, like still to this moment, like I'll, I'll, I'm actually going to do a ceremony in uh, about three weeks in Hawaii. Nice. And, uh, and it's just, it's, a, it's an ongoing learning that I'm appreciative of and, yeah. and that I, I, I feel like I need it. Yeah. Like, and it's not about uh, anyone else. This is not about anyone else. And that's another thing that I learned about myself is that, I had to stop trying to please everyone else. Like no matter what it is, if I'm spending too much away from my kids from training or are you drinking too much or what, whatever it may be that you're doing, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you've got your whole family telling you, the loved ones that you have to change. You will not change until you yourself really, really 100%. When you – and you're in your darkest moment and you got looking at yourself in a mirror and there's no one else around and you and you go what do you see I want to change yeah there's fucking it doesn't I, trust me I've been there yeah I've been there with my kids I've been there at the lowest moments and and I didn't want to change and no matter what was thrown at me like crazy gnarly situations I didn't change well that's one of the one of the biggest thing one of the biggest lessons that I've learned and I think is very misconstrued in our world here is putting yourself first is not selfish. No. And more so being selfish um, is very closely related to being selfless. Because if you, if I am the best version of Reno and you, Jamie's the best version of Jamie and Richard's the best rich, version of Richard, everyone else is then motivated spiritually and energetically to become the best version of themselves. Like we become the medicine when we leave those scenarios where like when I got back from ayahuasca, everyone was just like, kind of gave me that look like, what the, what are you even yeah, doing? You, you change. Yeah. It's like, what but are you there's an doing? It's like, a, there's eh. an energy shift, but yeah. But mind you, you have to work on that shift. <laughs> it's very easy to fall back. It's not a fucking like. Ego inflation big time when yeah. you come back from some yeah. of those things sometimes. But getting to that point, like uh, when I went to Peru last year, I learned that uh, this is crazy, so sounds so weird, but like, like Jamie, like, don't be uh, embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed or that you're successful. 
Yeah. Like, don't, don't, you shouldn't. You have, deserve it. Yeah. Like, so it, that was a very pivotal moment for me because I didn't, it wasn't something that I like every day thought about, but, but it's, you know, like I just bought a house, we just bought a house in Sunset Beach, Hawaii in a, a nice neighborhood and, and, you know, and it's like people look at you and go, Fuck, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. and, but, but I, I'd saved the down deposit for my last 20 years. Right. Like I didn't piss it against a wall. Right. I didn't buy fucking rims for my car and like right. do it on blow and fucking right. heroin. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I was like, I saved that money. Right. Like, and I'm like, I should be proud of that. Yeah. And, 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 and the, the shamans and that said, Jamie, like, why are you so um, scared of success? Give yourself some credit. And I was just like, that's crazy. For someone that's like, and I'm not, to toot my own, someone that's had a lot of success in their life, they're like, you don't act like it, yeah, and you don't feel like it. And it's, it's not like you have to be an egomaniac about it, but be you got to be okay with being successful, right? You've worked hard, yeah. Your whole life has been dedicated to it. Like, don't be ashamed, yeah. And and um, God, there's so many life lessons, man. Like, I struggle with that too personally. I think that I don't. I think that that's that can be relatively common. Is like you don't because the judgment from others in how you act in your success or even even like it's almost something that when you do have some success you don't even want to talk about because you don't want to make other people in the room feel bad you don't want them to think that you're boasting you don't want this you don't want that yeah. but it's what it comes down to is that you, i don't give you sh we really shouldn't give a fuck what anyone else thinks like it be the motivation so yeah. presenting it in a way where it's like there's nothing special about me, dude. You can do what I did if you put in the work. Yeah. Right? I'm we're all made of fucking flesh and bones and we're here on the same the same planet, same opportunities, same yeah. environment. Yeah, I've learned I've learned real easy to um, you know, look, I've got great friends, fucking rich I got you know, like they they're proud of me. Yeah. And you know, if we're out cruising around You're my hero, brother. No, I'm just, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, they're like, ah, oh, it's Jamie, like and then it's not like it's Jamie from Australia, it's like Jamie, fucking big, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, you, and I'm like, so I've I've learned very. No, no, you, no. You are a very, very rare individual. So it's like, um, people are so proud, uh, proud for you. So that's why it's like sometimes you know sometimes I get it where it's like you know not on your scale, but sometimes like oh my god, like. Uh, like I've had people like had the whisper thing, like oh that's that person, mm. blah, blah blah. That's this person, but, but like it's such a it's such a unique thing that that you kind of want to let people know and give you the respect that you deserve before you take them for a chump or so like, Oh, this is some random person. It's like, Hey dude, we're, we're hanging out with this person that has accomplished things that most people will never accomplish. And it would be kind of nice to acknowledge it. But at the same time, it's like, it's cool to be low key and all that stuff, but being proud of your friends and, and telling others around you about how proud you are around them of them. It's kind of cool. It's kind of like, Hey, yeah. like, this is my friend. Like, dude, check so, it out. Like, so I've, so I've worked out, you know, for, for me, like, I've just like, it's real simple. Like for me, like, I don't like people, like, it's not like, you know, people keep asking about me or like, like, because they're so I get it. Like they're like, it's fuck or big waves or paddling. It's fuck. I would be the same. It's right. exciting. Yeah. But what I've learned to do is like, uh, it's, it's, it's like human, like interactions, like I asked, I start asking questions about them. Yeah. Hi, have you got kids? What do you do for work? Right. And and, and I'm interested. Right. Right. Like, what if they're interested in me? Why can't I be interested in them? Yeah. Presence. Like, Having know, that just, sense of just, presence. It's presence, right? And so, and then all of a sudden, it's like this. It's it's become like overwhelming, like 
Jamie, 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 Jamie. Right. But it's like now it's now we're having a fucking normal conversation. Right. You know, but that it's taken a while to get to that, and and it's taken a while for me to understand it's okay for people to be want to ask questions. Yeah. Like it's curious curiosity. Bro, and, what's the biggest wave you ever surfed? Yeah. But it but it's cool, you know. <laughs> like it's and and yeah, you know, and there's obviously there's people that you fucking like want to get away from straight away. But, <laughs> but that's you know what. That's part and parcel of what we signed up for, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's all cool. But what I'm saying is like it's self-awareness, again, yeah. self-learning uh, about yourself, how to handle situations and and just being in that moment where it's like, I, you know, like I, I love being around people. I, yeah. love, I love meeting people. Like I, do, I truly do. Like I would so much rather learn about someone's family than someone asked me about fucking Nazare. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. But I get why they want to ask about Nazareth. Well, that's, right. that's what this podcast is for. Is like yeah. you know, like to get those things out that a lot of people don't have have the chance to meet you in person. Now, hopefully, through this podcast episode, they've got to know you a lot better, and you know, and how to pursue your dreams. Just you know, even if it doesn't have to do with surfing, it's like there's everybody has a path. Everybody has like their unique thing in life that they want to do and they want to achieve or be the world champion at. And it's uh, it's really cool to hang out with the world champion. And learn from them, and you know everybody has their heroes, and and uh, you got to have heroes, man. And like, dude, Jamie's one of my heroes, dude. Like, honestly, I look up to him. He's like, it, it's he's he's a very, very rare, unique individual, and uh, and it's an honor to know you. And you've actually helped me with my career, and you've put me in places where I thought I'd never be able to get. But like, at the same time, though, like if he asked me to go on that boat for the first time, I was like, no, my good, I would never have done it ever again. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have been asked. You probably would never have been no, asked. No, back. you don't get asked again. <laughs> yeah, never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and and the first time he goes, bro, I remember you texted me. You go, dude, you're set up. You got everything. It's either now or never, homie. Yeah. And I was just like, I just kissed Natalie and jumped out that fucking door. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Um, fuck, dude. Uh. That, that's a great podcast. Like we can find you at um, your podcast. It's called the Late Drop. The Late Drop. Yeah. Um, we can find you on Instagram. It's uh, Jamie Under- Jamie underscore Micho. Mich- yep. Jamie Micho. Yep. That's um, about it. Yeah, and you guys can see all those. All you can see is all his crazy ways he's ever written, all the things he's doing. Stay up to date. Um, it's so much cool shit going yeah. on. Like you're, you're working on so many cool things, and I can't wait to watch you revolutionize the fucking big wave world, man. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I can yeah. just being in in your presence and the passion, the way you're talking about it. Like I'm an entrepreneur. It's like I'm thinking of all the different things that I can be doing now. It's fucking motivational, man. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, it's just. Excellent. I would just I would just say to anyone listening, like kids or like whatever, it's just like you got to have the drive and be consistent consistency in I think in all aspects of life is key you know yeah. like and uh and not being what, afraid to fuck up too is a yeah, big thing yeah you know like just like it's like work turn up on time yeah. turn up before be be that guy that it's not the ass kicker kisser yeah it's the guy that's like no I'm gonna be early instead of late right I'm gonna be that guy that's gonna do extra instead of less it's a choice taking like, control it's, yeah it's a choice man be that person set yourself goals be consistent through it and 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 just dream big and then it's whether you make it or not like i think giving yourself the opportunity to try and get there it's 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 about the journey yeah you know, and i'm i'm still on a fucking crazy journey and i'm i'm excited i'm 40 just turned 44 and yeah, my, my journey's just beginning you know and uh i'm i'm super psyched on it fuck yeah man that's awesome one one thing i think too is um 
like I've found in trying to find my passion and chasing chasing what I thought my passion or what I think my passion is. I don't even know if I've really truly found it yet, but I found so many great things by just being driven. So pivoting, like going towards a thing and being like, well, maybe that's not what I want, but yeah. here's this thing now. So then you go there and then you just, I mean, you'll, you'll find it, but you just got to fucking charge, pick yeah. one thing and charge it and other opportunities. Think doors are going to open up or, or in along the way. In Jamie's case, literally charge. Yeah. Literally yeah. fucking turn and Probably burn. Going from paddling to big wave to now yeah. like the, the development yeah, my, of big wave. Like my, it's, it's one yeah, thing my, after another. I, I, I pick sports that fucking paid nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. when, like if someone But it pays you with passion and fulfillment. Exactly. But and but what I'm saying is like that that's it, right? Like when you're born and like whatever you're like uh energetically like come towards. Mm-hmm. That's you can't fake that. No. You know, like I was the ocean, that was for me. Right. Like the, you know, from a young age swimming, the water, learning how to swim, breathe turning into the ocean like that was it was fucking fight yeah naturally. i love i like i hate this whole saying like oh my god salt tears and water cures all like whatever the fucking <laughs> ocean literally i swear to god it literally you're cures. gonna have the worst day in the world i swear to god you just go and jump in for two seconds come out you feel good yeah, yeah like it just re- it's 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 something to do with the, Dude, something, the, the salt I, and the ions and it balances you out and it's just something and, and that just, and it's you you're like you're one with nature dude. Yeah. it's insane like you can have the worst day in the world and it's like you just fucking get up on that wave and chill dude just I, do your thing i try to make it a daily practice that you know they call it grounding but like going out and just walking barefoot like i never wear shoes but there's dude, something this about is the getting the first that- time i've seen jamie with <laughs> shoes on I have a picture of Jamie's feet, dude. That looked like a chainsaw hit it, and and he dra- dragged him through mud. He got Hobbit feet. Yeah, I'm a, I have a Aboriginal feet, dude. Too, yeah. And Jamie's never yeah. brushed his hair a day in his life. It's so fucking, he, dude. I remember you were jumping on stage to do a big old speech during the WSL fucking awards, and his hair is just a rat's nest of shit, and he can kid couldn't care less. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It was so funny, dude. Like it's 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 so crazy. You care about the things that matter. Yeah. Like it's most people are like, oh my God, my feet look so ugly today. It's like, dude, he's walking on coals, dude. dude yeah. if, I, if, if I was worried about what my, my feet look like, I'd be fucking six feet under a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I got, fucking, I got the worst looking feet in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, dude. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a fucking muck lux down there, dude. <laughs> Dude, th- thank you so much for fucking coming on, man. This has yeah. been amazing. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. It's uh, been a long time coming. I know Rich has been trying to get me on, but timing is right. Time- yeah. Oh, the timing's good, dude. You you called me this morning out of nowhere. I was like making breakfast and all of a sudden my phone rang. He's like, I was like, Jamie, what's up? He's like, I'm in town, bro. Like, what's up? I'm <laughs> like, all right, dude, let's make some chicken. <laughs> let's just, just fire up the smoker and, and do a podcast. Try your grill, some chicken and a podcast. What an afternoon. Yeah, Fuck right. Yeah. Um, cool, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, follow us at Out of No Dude Podcast on Instagram, com. all that good shit. Thank you so much for all the liking, subscribing, commenting, everything, man. You guys are fucking awesome. Jamie, you're the man, dude. Thanks, boys. All uh, right, man, over and out.